welcome to the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 56, Theme Parks and Interactive Geek Experiences. I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Bill. Hi, everybody. Kat. Hi. Jada. Hello, hello. Ben. I think I drank too much iced tea. We're not turning this podcast around. <laughs> and Kenny. I peed in his iced tea. Oh. <laughs> that explains the funny taste. <laughs> And I just get flashbacks to Batman versus Superman. It is not Grandma's iced tea. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. So because we're talking about theme parks, uh, I figured the best place to start the conversation here tonight is this. Would you guys rather get stuck on the highest part of a roller coaster for several hours or be trapped on a boat inside? It's a small world in Disney. No, you cannot turn off the music. No, you cannot leave the rides. Jada. It's a small world after all. I don't like heights. <laughs> a lot. A lot. I don't like heights. Um, and it takes a lot for me to actually go on roller coasters. I will pretty much go on like the baby roller coasters. Um, but yeah, I would definitely pick small world. Small world? Okay. Yep. I have Bill. to I have to disagree. There's one answer and only one answer to this question. It's getting stuck on a roller coaster. Small world does not need to be heard more than more than the ten minutes it takes to go around the ride. It's like a nine minute ride, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's long. I, it, the music could be shut down in small world and not even be an issue, and I would still choose highest peak. Right. Oh, excuse me, of a roller coaster. I mean, I've been I've been stuck on on rides like I got stuck on Splash Mountain. I loved it. It was like inside, and it was just like all the scenes of like Brer Fox and Brer Bear and Brer Rabbit, and I was Aww. like, "This is pretty cool." I mean, if you're if you're at the top peak, you've got nice breezes, you've got a view of everything around you. You're closer to the sun. You've got a whole yeah, lot of notes for me. That's, that's all I'm that's saying. That's true too. Nope, nope, nope. Um, Kenny. No one's thinking this through because I'm assuming if we're stuck there, we're not talking about being stuck for 10 minutes. We're talking about being stuck there hours and hours and hours. If you're in the small world boat, you can scooch around a little bit. You can manipulate yourself. If you have to pee, you could probably do it into the water and they wouldn't notice that much. But if you're at the top of a roller coaster, you've got that harness on. You are in that position for hours you can't move no that would be horrible i'll take the song over not being able to move for hours you just wing it out the side oh. it's fine somebody, it, somebody are we talking about like monkeys flinging poo just wing it out shower. the side apparently cat um so i would actually choose the highest peak on a roller coaster um, I actually kind of like heights. The reason I don't like roller coasters is the motion drop for some reason. Like it's that the usually. Yeah. So if I'm just sitting there, like I love Ferris wheels, I'll go really high and just sit there and watch and look at it. I, Sunburn. That's true, but I probably could hide under a hoodie. Small that world I is air conditioned. <laughs> This is very true. I would just figure out all the different translations that they sing, and I would be singing Small World in German and I, Spanish, I, Italian, I mean, I, I think I'd probably go Small World, but I'd be kind of terrified to think of what, like, the animatronics uh, like, look like in, like, emergency lighting, mm. which would probably be kind of mess you up for a long time after. But at the same time, though, I think – I don't mind heights of a roller coaster, but I think being up there for that long would just wreck me, I think. No thanks. I, I want this. I, I never thought about that with the emergency lighting, <laughs> and I really want the lighting to be green because it would then just turn "It's a Small World" into "It's a Small Zombie Land," and it would be amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, because the be like the, the water, if memory serves correctly, in Small World is a very dark looking water because yeah, it's it's uh, like well, painted like black 
below the surface. So. Right. So it, it just and looks like dark water below Because it's supposed to hide you. the track. They right. don't want you to see the track and that's below. Oh. The emergency lighting is normal white lighting, and it's boring. Oh. I've been on it, and it's been Bill's all lit up. everything. <laughs> Why you got to ruin my dreams here, Bill? <laughs> well, has nobody seen the SNL sketches where they, they do actually get stuck in that ride, and the dolls come to life and... No. And and beat up the boyfriends and steal the girlfriends. That's another reason I don't want to go on that ride. <laughs> Have you seen the dolls on Small World? They're like this big. You just dropkick them. Yeah, it's it doesn't fine. matter. Yeah. Uh, Chucky still killed people. <laughs> yeah, that that's true too. Mm-hmm. Never thoroughly understood that with Chucky. It's like, why didn't you just? We are getting way off topic. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Already, we're getting right. way off topic. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, just to preface something major for this episode. So we're talking about, again, with with theme parks, but when I say interactive geek experiences, let me clarify a little bit. So I want to remove from the conversation immediately LARPing, tabletop, and conventions because we've talked about those things in the past. This is like if you're trying to think about what this kind of means, think like haunted houses. Like 3D experiences. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like you could say 4D stuff if you want to. Kat's like, I hate 4D stuff. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Um (laughs) But they'll like think about like laser tag. Um, you know, there's tons of different things you could do, which all work. So, all right. My question then is, LARPing. Are you counting Evermore out in Utah as LARPing, or is that its own experience? So, okay. So, here's the slight tweak on this. So, a group of under thirty people in a LARP is the ones I want to remove. We're actually you not know under a hundred. The ones that like, for example, like they say, like they take a town, like they. They do these like ones where they do like these huge cinema things where they'll take I've a small town in the Midwest oh and God. they actually do like this is the one that they do every couple of years. They do they turn the entire town into Hill Valley and everybody that's there. You were given a character when you go to play for Back to the Future is you are the townsperson that works at the record store. So you actually have to wear the clothing that is requested of you. But the events of the movie actually happen what and they the do fuck? in full scale. Um, there's actually an event going on, I think it's this week, for members of the SCA, Penzik. which is Penzik, right. um, which one, yeah. is basically, it's like a Ren fair on crack, yes. because yeah, they yep. take a big field out in the middle of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's, and it's like yeah. thousands of oh, people Oh, thousands there. of people, because people from all So, like, I would say the thing is, like, Burning Man, would you would say, is part of an interactive geek experience yeah, and yeah. things like that, because like, that that's, that's something huge and gigantic. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, the reason we're moving conventions from this is we've talked about conventions there and A back lot. again, and there's no reason to show yeah, that here. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. C- can we go back to this whole Hill Valley thing? <laughs> Where is this at? <laughs> Um, I, like I forget do where they want to go. I forget where they did this at, but they do that with different movies. It's um, I think they do like one a year usually, but like That's it crazy. travels where it's going to be. I think the last one, like though, the there's a, a great documentary on Back to the Future called Back in Time. They mm-hmm. actually go into it. it in oh, that. so that's what they're at when they're in the documentary. When, yes. Okay. So because they do the big drive-through experience with right. everybody, and they kind of but they also play do this with not just that movie. They do it with a whole bunch of different okay. movies where it's they they go full tilt where they'll actually do this is the events that would have been happening in this film in the surrounding areas outside of the main. Characters. I want to go. So. I'm just picturing Ben being this huge, <laughs> huge Back to the Future fan, finally getting to go, and them looking at Ben and going, you're going to play the town drunk, so we're going to lock you inside the jail cell for the entire <laughs> no, no, day. No, no, the town drunk is always on the park bench passed out. That's one of them. But you don't know how many people are showing up to this. That's true. That could just be a drunk in the town. <laughs> That's Not true. the town That's drunk. That's true. <laughs> you're selling yourself kind of high on that one. <laughs> think big. Yeah, think bigger. All right. So, um, all right. 
So I figured the best place for us to start this conversation is, you know, the first time anybody recalls going to a theme park or doing something along these lines of like this big interactive kind of geeky thing, whether it was at a, as a kid, wherever it may have been. So uh, and then kind of expand upon it. If you remember how old you were, what about the experience, you know, and, you know, what made you fall in love with certain pieces of ride that you were like glued to or something that you were just terrified of. So I I do remember my first experience. And it, oddly enough, I, I grew up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, so it's not Six Flags. I actually, my first experience ever at any kind of amusement park or anything like that, as far back as I can remember, is an amusement park down in North Carolina and South Carolina. It actually rides the, the line. It's called Carowinds. And the way Six Flags was kind of, is Warner Brothers based, at the time, Carowinds was all Hanna-Barbera. So it was Yogi Bear, the Smurfs, oh, and, and things like that. And I, I just this just goes to show you how small I was when I first went there. They had, it's no longer there, and I haven't been to Carowinds in well over a decade. But they had an island that you had to take a ferry to, and it was Smurf Island. And that's where all the Smurfs were at, and they had all the huts, and like there there was like the Gargamel chase, and like all these different things. If I went there at the age I am now, I would probably be bored out of my mind. (laughs) It would be like Dutch Wonderland boring to me right now. Um, But that is, that's out of any experience I've ever done, amusement park, geek experience, Carowinds is the first one I remember. Um, So the very first theme park experience I remember, and I was probably three or four, uh, was our family went to King's Dominion. We we used to live in um, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. So we went to King's Dominion. Um, I don't recall if it was themed. I think it's vaguely like King's, Queen's, like like, medieval royalty kind of thing. Um, but so I have two recollections and these are sort of memories that I have, but then also like my parents have told me like you did this. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but so one was my dad said, I really, really liked this one. It was like the crazy caterpillar ride. And it was just like a, it was basically like a baby roundabout roller coaster thing with one little tiny hill. And I apparently like screamed in delight every single time. Now there was also the little baby swing ride where you go around and around and around. And this I actually do remember because at that age, little baby Jada only wore dresses and Mary Jane shoes. Because when you got dressed, you put on a dress. Thank you very much. So this was my logic at three and four years old. I had my fancy Mary Jane shoes on and I was walking through the park. And, you know, they have like the hay and the grass and stuff like that. It was freshly cut and it was like dewy on the ground. Apparently, I got on the ride. The person started the swing ride going around and around. I start freaking out crying. And my mom has them stop the ride and she comes rushing and she's like, oh my gosh, are you scared? What's the matter? And I was like, my shoes are dirty. And (laughs) I had to get off the ride so I could go clean my shoes. And you haven't changed this. (laughs) Diva. (laughs) (laughs) We accept you for it. Jenny. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was either um, it was either Disney World down in Florida, or it may have been uh, Sesame Street up Sesame here in Place? Pennsylvania. Sesame, Sesame oh, Place. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those two. But I'm gonna go with Sesame Place just because my main memory of that was there was a cargo net that you could crawl across, yes. and it was above where people would walk. And I'm sure it was probably 10 feet high, but in my memory, it was 50 feet off the ground. No, that was what I... I'm going to join you in this yeah. because it and was also above something else. It was called Mount Cookie. 
Yeah. It was a giant blue pyramid foam thing that also felt like it was about 6,000 feet high. There is, um, in Bush Gardens, there's a great kid play area that's all dinosaur themed and, oh, stat, not dinosaurs, dragons. And it's this beautiful treehouse thing. And there's actually a cargo net that goes from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And it terrifies me because my kids love it up there, especially my youngest son. <laughs> I have to run after him. I can corroborate like, your oh, story. Yeah. Uh, because I was actually just at Sesame Place about two years ago with my ex and her daughter, and it is still relatively high, even for is it really? even for kids. Yes. Yeah, okay. And is, well, let me ask you this then. It's, I, it's maybe not fifty feet, but it's a good like fifteen, twenty feet off the ground. I remember the holes between the ropes being big as well, and thinking like, I could fall through. That. They're probably <laughs> yeah, they're probably about a good six inch square holes in the netting. Yeah, like it was, but I remember that. Like, I still remember, like, my brain thinking of it. Like, you can think of the shaping around it. But it was also, it wasn't just that, though, too. Like, they had, like, balance beams that had, like, probably good, like, size swimming pools that were underneath them that were not filled that were just spraying water up (laughs) and but like they were just cement pools not filled and also same kind of cargo nets around the side of you that were also soaking wet and they were essentially like walking on pool noodles so they were really slick and you're like I'm going to slip and die (laughs) and I that was I remember that from like the early 80s where you're like yeah this place isn't safe and I even felt that way at like three or four yeah not much has changed it was yeah. Sesame Place. It Today, was Sesame, Sesame Place. Place. Today's yeah. Sesame Place, sponsored by the letters E-R. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember they had a really awesome arcade, and that was, I remember, the first place I ever played an arcade machine in my life, Aww. which was at Sesame Place. At Sesame Place? Sesame Place. Weird. I remember the 1989, or no, it was earlier than that. It was it was a Batman game. It was before Batman the movie. I think there is still oh a God. small arcade there, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I loved that place as a kid. It was so much fun, <laughs> and it was also terrifying. <laughs> Um, so I do remember Sesame Place too. That was probably one of the earlier ones. I remember the water area a lot. Um, I wasn't a great swimmer though. So I mean, it wasn't like for me, theme parks, I was always mostly terrified of them. Um, I did not like rides and nor did my brother. And it was my, so one of my biggest memories when I was a kid, we would go down to Wildwood sometimes and go on like stuff at Maury's Pier. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Maury's Pier. And, um, I remember when we were little, we went on to do the log flume and I was like, this will be fun. Like we just, I don't know. My aunt and uncle were like, go, go do it. And we're like, okay. And we get on and my brother like, you know, is freaking the fuck out and i'm kind of just sitting there like silently freaking out so he has to end up like they had to end up like pulling him off midway through because he was crying (laughs) and i i toughed it the rest of the way out but i was like all right this is that thing is still fucking terrifying (laughs) because there's there's safety requirements but like the kids loading you onto the rides are always these Irish or Russian like immigrant they're, kids coming up for, like the college yeah, program the and, and they're like yeah get get on ride like just yeah. like okay well, am I supposed to get in a certain way like the the, the and heavier that is people not at the making back? a racist statement no, no. If you've ever been to Maury's Pier no yeah. that's really what it yeah. is it's... that's every pier on in Wildwood is the yeah, same no, way not is. just Maury's yeah. it, it is some young kid that's probably not any more than like a day over 15 or 16 years old. It's kind of like, sure, go ahead. They're and all foreign like, exchange students. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, are, there really are a lot of them because most of it's mostly, you know, immigrant families that own, I think, that own most of Maurice Pier now. Um, and same with a couple other sections of Wildwood, I, I think, for a very long time since probably, like, I think, like the mid 80s. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, while it was finally yeah. actually starting to get built up like yeah. but, yeah. by <laughs> corporations now, which is which is weird, weird because it's changing yeah. a lot. Oh, that yeah. is weird. Yeah. Um, I remember being uh, now. I didn't really go to Wildwood. I went to Ocean City, New Jersey, because my friend okay. had a shore house there. But it had the same type of thing. It had the amusement park on the pier. And I remember going there in high school because you were talking about the kids that work the log flume. And I had a friend that would work the log flume. And this is where, you know, we're high school kids and we're daredevils and we're stupid. And we're like, hey, we know the person riding it. They'll let us get away with whatever. So we had contests to see who could stand up on the log flume and surf it down. Oh, and we used Jesus. to do that. Jesus. <laughs> Were so you how many- trying to die? <laughs> You're a teenager. You just don't think about it. You're like, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I think about you. Never think about any bad things that will happen. <laughs> I thought about every single thing that could kill me. Twenty. I was just going to say. So, how many of those friends are still alive yeah. right now? <laughs> Tragically, we went to their funerals in our twenties. <laughs> um. So, you know, like I so said, we all talked a theme park of some sort. Why don't we also hit real quick while we're at it as something that's an interactive geeky thing too? Um. Just, so to kind of help, kind of define that a little bit for folks, Jada. Um, so I think my probably favorite interactive geeky thing that, you know, started that I started doing before, you know, theme parks were really a big thing for me anyway, was the Renaissance Fair, because I remember going to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair when I was in, gosh, junior high and early high school, because we would do um, Shakespeare festivals. So part of it is you would go and you do a competition at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. And the cool thing for me, and I've always been obsessed with like fantasy and all that, was you got to dress up. Yeah. So, you know, you'd get to dress up, you'd get to go perform, being the theater nerd that I am, that was always like the big deal. So we did a competition there um, against like other schools, middle schools and that sort of thing. What year did, What year high school did you graduate? 98. So did I. We've probably competed against each we other. We probably did. Oh all right. God, yes. Um, we also did the competition circuit at um, uh, Immaculata. I only I only did the ones at PA Renfair. Okay. Yeah. All right. I did both. But we have probably competed yeah, against each other. Yeah, we probably did. Um, so that was always a thing. And then just being able to go. And I remember going, um, you know, we started going when I was, you know, in my early teens and stuff. And then we would go pretty much periodically. And I still love going to the Ren Fair. It's one of my favorite things to do is just go get dressed up, go for the day. And now I can enjoy some of like, you know, the more adulty things and the body shows and drinking and having fun and throwing axes and stuff. Yay. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, ben. Uh, I was too going to mention Ren Fair, but since you already brought it up, uh, even further back than Ren Fair, uh, Kenny actually reminded me of this when you said Ocean City, New Jersey. I used to go to Ocean City, Maryland every <gasps> year. There is a place I haven't been there in a while, and I I hope it's still there because I would love to go back. Jolly Rogers, Jolly Jolly Rogers Speedway, yes. Jolly Rogers Speedway was Mm -hmm. nothing but a big go kart park, and it had everything from like little go kart rides for like toddlers up into to go kart rides that you needed an actual driver's license to drive. They had replicas of the Le Mans track over in Europe and Daytona 500 track, like with trucks and everything. I used to love going to Jolly Rogers, Jolly Rogers theme park, Jolly Rogers Speedway. They have a lot of rides and stuff too. So they have like carnival yeah. rides and things like that. I too. went more for the, for yeah. the go kart. We stuff. did more, we do more of the, uh, did and do more of the um, carnival rides with the kids. So it is still there. Oh, yes. Oh, then I need to go back. I need to go back. <laughs> For me, I got to say, uh, like, Qzar stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody remembers that. Yeah, I remember Qzar. Like, that laser was like tag. a huge, big brand Explain of laser that. tag that was like oh, a big okay. thing. But like, they did not go small with those. 
Uh, they used to have like giant castles and stuff like that. And I used to do it all the time as a kid. And then we eventually later on, even in life, like early, like twenties, a whole bunch of us used to go to a place called Grand Slam USA out in the neck, uh, our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And that was another place that was still decent sized fortress, uh, fortresses and such where like, even as an adult, you're like, nope, we can still have plenty of fun doing this. There Isn't was there a- still a laser tag place at the works in Reading? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Oh my yeah, that gosh. one's doing that. used to go for that TJ's massive, birthday. Yeah. 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 It's two stories. It's got up and yeah. down. It's got hidey holes. They've got uh Why do we mirrors. not go there? We, never been we there? Used to I've never been there. TJ Maybe we'll used take to do a trip his birthdays out. there, so we would go all the time. But this was like years ago. We haven't been in a long time. Yeah. So now it, we have that and escape rooms to plan. Yeah. There we go. And escape rooms is another one that we can bring up. I have done a couple escape rooms. I know. Was that Bill's? I was going to talk about escape rooms. You guys yeah. just rewind it. <laughs> so, Bill? so, Bill, take it away. <laughs> yes, escape rooms. I love escape rooms. What are rooms. those? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to explain escape rooms. I think everybody listening knows what escape rooms are. What do you are. have to do in an escape room, oh, Bill? Oh, my goodness. Actually, you have <laughs> to run away point. from a zombie that's trying to get you. Sounds fun. Actually, what? that is one of the that. escape rooms you can do. <laughs> so, the very... Really? The very first escape room I did, they actually had a zombie that was chained up in this hidden room behind the, the most of, you know, you couldn't go into this the zombie room. And every five minutes, the zombie would come out on a chain and try to tag you. If the zombie tagged you, you couldn't participate in the escape room for the rest of the time. You had to watch everybody else try to figure out the puzzles without you. That sounds miserable. Every five minutes, he would come out and then go back. And then the next time he came out, he'd have a little more chain to walk around the room. And by the time you got to the end, he could go around the entire room and you had to have one person, basically the zombie wrangler, be like, okay, zombie, come after me, please, fresh meat over here. Zombie bait. <laughs> but I mean, the, the theming of escape rooms, there's so many out there, like, you know, from zombies, I did one that was wizard based. Uh, I did one that there's was- There's a Harry Potter one, I there, think, not far from here. There's, there's, yeah, there's a bunch yeah, of King of Prussia. Yeah, they yeah. have like a uh, revolutionary themed one. Mm-hmm. They have a uh, pyramid, like an Egyptian pyramid themed yep. one. Yep. Mad Scientist Lab. We just did the Scientist one yeah. recently. Yeah, Mike yeah. and I together got put in the Mad Scientist Lab one because it was the one that we haven't done yet in that building. We were there on a date night. It was just the two of us. Yeah. We got 87% finished, just the two of us. And the guy was like, I've never seen two people get That's that awesome. far. I didn't know you could do together. escape rooms with just two people. Well, yeah. I think they either had a party cancel or something like that. And like yeah. we were on limited time because parents. <laughs> um, so they were like, well, you can either just try to do the room yourself or we can put you off to the next, like, you know, yeah. two hours later slot or something. We're like, we don't have time for that. Yeah. So we just decided to try it on our own, and we got very nearly finished. And he was like, I was so close to just giving you guys, like, an extra 15 minutes or something just yeah. to finish it out. <laughs> out where we are, there's actually a place called the Bates Motel, which is yes. renowned across yes. the country as being one of the best haunted houses, and Halloween attractions. Arms. I yeah. still have yep. never which been is there. Like, yeah. so good. Which is I've in your gone. parents' house, like, your, like where you grew yeah, up. It's, it's, it's like in your close. backyard. It is yeah. very close. But they have started doing escape rooms there. So you take oh, one cool. of these places that is known as being amazing for their visual imagery for haunted houses, and now they've started doing themed escape rooms. And I haven't been to one of theirs yet, but they do seem very interesting. They're not all horror-themed escape rooms No, no, not at all. Just a quick point. Aaron, who is also a Caffeine Crew member, was a haunter at 
the uh, Bates Motel for years. Yeah. She's done a lot with them. Mm-hmm. So just give a little time. shout out to our yeah, Aaron. Uh, yeah, Aaron was there, and I was at Grant's. Grant's was the other, one of the other big ones that was out this way for Where a long time. Where was that? Uh, it was at the downtown farmer's market. Then it moved after that place closed years and years ago, oh which gosh, is back yeah. in like 2000. Huh. Uh, and then, but I was only there for a couple of years while it was out this way in down, on Downingtown. So, but yeah, they're always crazy fun. Um, the only downside I got to say though, I think with Escape the Rooms is as much fun as they can be. It really depends on the group of people you're with though. Because right. if you yeah. have a group of people that are so like gung-ho, 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 or you get a couple people that are very alpha puzzle solvers, they kind of take over everything and kind of don't leave a lot for other people to do. Or it's just a little too pricey. To the point where it's not worth the fact that you're only in there for an hour, especially if you get done in under the time that you have allotted for you. I'm yeah. gonna pseudo disagree, and I'm gonna say it could be because of my <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be because of the escape rooms you go to. But the ones that I've gone to, you can have eight people in that room, and everyone can be working on their own puzzle. Right. It's, it's not like a linear solve this puzzle, go to the next one. You've got pieces to like ten, twelve different things. You don't yeah. even know what what puzzles you can finish that you have all the pieces to. You don't know. So people are constantly working on things. But again, it's one of those things that it's really based purely on the group of people you're with, yeah. especially if you have people that go to escape the rooms all the time where That's they have true. a way they know how to think through those pieces and what's thrown at them. And if you have people that are in a little bit more inexperienced with it, like myself, where I've only been to a handful where I'm like, I'm not sure what to expect or in certain t- cases. But when you have people that do all the time, I think that can cause a bit of a clash with doing them sometimes because you feel like. Well, I didn't even have time to know what was happening before it was all over. So yeah. the the people that go like like if I were to take you to an escape room, since I've done a number of them, right. please do. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be like, okay, we need to solve all these puzzles, and I'm going to solve all of them for you. Like, yeah. you know how to play to your group. Like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's all about playing nice with the people that you're friends with and you're going with. Know you your know? D&D party. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. It's, it's every time, every time I've gone, it's always been the experience that you find a piece to this puzzle and you look at it and I'll be like, uh, Bill, here, you need to work on this. Like, I'll, I'm always right. handing things off to Yeah, it's good people. to have somebody who's kind of like the delegator and mm-hmm. then somebody yeah. who's like the puzzle solver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very like, true. Mike is so good at solving puzzles. Actually, we did the uh, Revolutionary Room at um, the one up in King of Prussia, and it was us and a group of like, I think they were teachers out on like a team building experience or something Aww, like that. Cute. Yeah. Um, and uh, so like they had one who was really good at delegating, so she was sort of like handing out tasks and jobs to other people and then like mike and i were kind of going around and solving some of the other different puzzles and stuff and like we were kind of like we were all interacting together to, to work together yeah. to solve the problem to solve the the puzzles and everything and at one point one of the other ladies kind of looks over and she's like who brought the guy who's good at puzzles and i was like yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's fantastic um. Anybody else? Oh, I've I've got a couple things. Okay, you can <laughs> if you wanted to go back. It was a question. It was a question of um, are you counting the zombie runs, and do people know what the zombie Ooh, yeah, runs are? Yeah, I want are? that to be mine. The zombie the runs. Zombie, Take well, it away. no, not the zombie runs, but the zombie crawls and things like that that used to happen. Cause okay, those yeah, were, that's a different. Cause yeah, those yeah. were the pop up events, but we used to do the zombie bar crawl. Where I mean, like it was, you know. Even though it was a pop-up thing, it was a yearly thing that was an interactive masky experience because you all dressed up like zombies and then had to like, whenever it was the bar switch, everyone would like step shamble out to the thriller. Yeah, shamble <laughs> out to the thriller music. Because it was because, like you were timed. Yeah, like, yeah. like you were like, oh, you're only at this bar for 20 minutes and then it, there was and a shift. And then you had to, to move the on. next one, yeah. Um, similar to that, 
Uh, downtown Phoenixville, actually, they ju- this just passed because it's always yeah. like in early blob. July, mid-July, they have the Blob oh, Festival, yeah. which they've been doing this for probably 20 years at this point at least. Yeah. But because That's the true. Blob was filmed in this area and predominantly in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, um, they have the Colonial Theater where they have, they centered all in Main Street and people dress up in their 1950s garb. Um, they make tinfoil hats. There's a costume parade. There's a, awesome. like a, a pseudo beauty pageant. Um, <laughs> they also have like the, the, they recreate the scene where everybody runs. The run mass, from the theater. The yeah. run from the That's theater. Amazing. So it's something that the entire town gets into every single year. And it is incredibly geeky. Mm-hmm. I so always miss it. I want to go some years. I You've have been to once. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a blast. It's, it's, super it's a lot fun. of fun. And I think we also I just next year, next year. I, yeah, I think we also dismissed Diaclin Alley, uh, Alley as well, where they take huh? all of Acklin and they turn it into a recreation of uh, Diagon Alley. That's amazing. What? Yeah, it was just last week. In Acklin? In Acklin. Wait, yeah. Oh my God. Was, was that the same one that was called something else and they had to change the name because... No, no, no that was in, that was in um, Drexel Hill area. No, because I'm in Drexel Hill area, so it's it wasn't there. Hill. It was okay. Bryn Mawr. Mawr. Was it Bryn Mawr? Okay. Okay. Bryn Mawr, Chestnut Hill. Chestnut yeah. Hill. Thank it's you. the Chestnut yeah. Hill one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they have to change their name? They had to change the name because Warner Brothers was fighting them on it. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were calling it like HP. I want to go basically. to the Ackland thing, though. That mm-hmm. sounds awesome, too. Yeah. There's a lot of them. The, um, the zombie war run, I guess I, I want to clarify, it's just because I don't know. A lot of people might think it's like, hey, let's do a 5K dressed as a zombie. No, they actually had a run. That? No. Oh. It's a uh, picture like a Tough mutter course with obstacles, and there's different sections. And the first section is shambling zombies. Now, you have flags oh hanging from your waist like a flag football. Yeah. <laughs> and if the zombies can tear off all your flags, you have become a zombie, and you are out of the race. So oh. you have to go through the shambling zombies then the medium zombies and the last section is the sprinters from like 28 days later <laughs> but then it, isn't it if ridiculous. you got like taken out you actually become one of the zombies like you do. In another, another part the of the one, course not the one okay. some of them some there are yeah. quite a few nowadays though that like they they will do that but there's yeah. they also have like paintball ones now too where yeah. it's like where it's survive the zombie apocalypse and you have x amount of paintballs to get through it mm-hmm. and you actually like the zombies all have like full gear on so you can shoot them um, but like that's it's yeah survive it's a survival kind of scenario yeah. that they throw you into like so they've they've taken that yeah, concept and like really like upped the kind of situation. I thought of one more, and I'm going to make it really sure. quick. Um, it's also in the Ocean City, Maryland area, and Jade, I don't know if this is ever th- anything you've ever done, but it's not exactly in Ocean City. It's slightly off the island. Uh, it's called Frontier Town. Frontier Town is Frontier Town is literally it's when you approach the area, it's a campground. And then when you go past the campground, there is literally just a bunch of tall trees with a wooden gate, like colonial gate. When yeah. you walk through this gate, you are in an old west town. Oh, there are no automobiles. There, there are oh shootouts God. in the street. There's a locomotive what? ride that gets robbed every time you ride it. They <laughs> oh, do judgments do of this. dunking people in a lake, like in a pond. There, If you go down, like literally you look down the street to the end of the street, there is a bar like the OK Corral. Yeah. And when you go in there, there are people playing pianos. There's can-can shows. There are fights that break out. And there are actual oh, storefronts cool. as some of the stores that you can go in and buy like homemade beef jerky and like different yeah. tchotchkes and stuff like that. That's, I'm it's a sure lot of fun. Cool. Made cats a day because yeah. like oh she God. like, up, like we should take yeah, a trip down because it's yeah we're totally going. We yeah. should all that's, costume that's the hell up. We've been yeah. watching yeah. Winona Earp, yeah. so I'm in that western yes. mood again. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, like you, there's train ride, there's horse and carriage rides. 
there's oh in, God, there's like an awesome. Indian cemetery. There's just a lot of cool stuff in there. I want to go there. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Kenny. No, so I was just quick. quickly tagging on to this, just uh, based on what uh, Ben was saying. There is a place in Utah called Evermore, which is the same thing, but it's a D&D universe. Yeah. And you walk oh, in wow. and it is an entire yeah. D&D universe. It's, like, it's right outside of Salt Lake. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get quests and you have to go on quests and solve puzzles and walk to different areas. It's acres and acres of, of time. You, yeah. It's not like walk across the street for this quest. You're walking 10 minutes out of the town to get to the cave. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to move on because we're already 30 minutes in. <laughs> and we're on the only the second topic. the second point of five for this front oh, half. That's so, true. Um, so we kind of already kind of started talking about this quite a bit. But, like, why do we feel that people love this type of entertainment so much? You know, and for those of the people that don't enjoy it, what do you think the primary reasons are? Between theme parks, between these kind of, like, experiences... Well, it's, it engages people. Like, I mean, it gets people active and into the experience and actually taking part of the experience instead of someone just performing for them. Uh, people that don't like it, I guess they're people that don't like to have fun. <laughs> Kat, would you like to jump As in? As someone who doesn't like to have fun. Aww. <laughs> so I like some of the interactive geeky experience type things. I am not a theme park person. And so for me, like... Yeah, for some reason. And I think part of it is the whole pale Irish thing. That does not help. But um and and that I don't like roller coasters a ton. So mm-hmm. that kind of detracts. But I also for me I like to entertain myself a lot. So like forced entertainment does not always work for me. <laughs> so actually because this is a question, so for Kat, but then to go back to what Bill was saying, is it is it because it's manufactured entertainment? Is that more the thing for you? Is it's versus kind of like, hey, we can go and do this thing and be adventurous, or we can just kind of be spoon fed fun? Yes, like is that what it's in, more? If it like an ideal thing, I would rather tromp through like a weird cemetery in the area than well, like go do check out a ghost like town. That. Or yeah, something like that. I, I think the biggest the biggest driver for me is that. I never got to mention my first theme park experience, which was Disney World. Oh, uh, sorry, it's okay. Um, and it's it's Kitty a lot. Of, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me. Yeah, like the, the nostalgia factor is heavy. Like every time I step foot into Disney World, I, I immediately like shrink down in my mind, like I was five and just there for the first Aww. time again, and just like, oh. Well, I think that's like, super cute. When you talk about like a lot of the things that we're discussing, though, know, I think it's a big part of it is whether it's a theme park, whether it's like one of these experience things we're talking about. Like yeah. you're kind of getting a lot of childhood wonder out of it because mm-hmm. it's something new and different sometimes. See, and that's probably why I don't have a lot of that because I never did Disney or anything like that. And so most of my childhood things were like, here, go explore in the woods. Go make up some things. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, I get more analytical with my response with that. And I would say it comes down to two words, suspended disbelief. Yes. A lot of people like going to the LARPs and those things that we talked about, the towns, yeah, the Back to the that. Future, because... Yeah. You can suspend disbelief and you can kind of feel like you're living it. And the same thing will go to the theme parks where the roller coasters, it's that level of suspended disbelief of on some level, you know, you're perfectly safe. You're strapped in. This is not going to fall off the tracks. So, yeah, I know mm-hmm. Kat doesn't believe that. That's, it's that <laughs> different level of suspended disbelief. I was 100% sure I was going to die. We're going to come back to that in a second because when we get to the next part, 
that kind of comes back a little bit. So keep that in your mind. Jenny. I was going to word for word almost exactly <laughs> say what you were going to say. So we'll just skip me. That's fine. Kat, if it makes you feel any better, uh, if you do the research, a lot of times if there are any deaths when it comes to rides, most, most like 99% of the time, it is not the people on the ride. Oh, no, I believe it. There are people it. like in the area it's like getting kicked in the head. It's sabotaging and... me here. No. It's not anything logistically. <laughs> And a lot of times, too, it's the people that have chosen to go on the ride <laughs> doing dumb things while on said ride. Well, like well, I've, I've been that person ride. before, too. Like the people riding down the log. <laughs> no surfing on the log. Of what you speak. <laughs> Bill, you were about to say? Uh, no, I was just going to say no, no, sur- no surfing on the log flume. Okay. Like, that's that's the major cause of problems. <laughs> or the people that drink a gallon of milk and then go on the swings. Oh, God. Oh. You are the worst kind of person. <laughs> just from a theme park, so park aspect. You, like, have, I you, don't you make like your it. own fun. I think that's what Kat said, right? You make your own fun? I am yeah. never going to a theme park with you. <laughs> I Ever. did like the teacups. I was cool with that. Oh, actually, oh. Here, well, that transition, that, that actually oh, segues us perfectly. I was like, what type of rides do people here really enjoy? Transition. And you know what? Like, I'll, I'm going to bring up a term because it's kind of important because it'll come into play like near the end of this discussion tonight. Does everybody here know what an e-ticket attraction is? No. What is that? Nobody? Please explain. I can explain. Okay. Oh, okay. In the old days of Disney World and <laughs> Disneyland, back when you not only just purchased your park admission, you were given a book of tickets as well, which to ride the attractions. In 1955, when Disneyland <laughs> opened, right. they had uh, attraction types A, B, C, and D. The e-ticket was added later when they said, hey, we're going to create really over-the-top experiences. Like, And the over-the-top experiences back then was like the Haunted Mansion, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Space Mountain. Space Mountain, yeah, like things like that. So. Think think of Universal Studios. Yeah. Everything, everything at Universal Studios is was at least before. Now with Islands of Adventure, it's a little bit different. But the original Universal Studios, pretty much everything there is an e-ticket experience. Correct. Uh, there is actually still one major theme park in Pennsylvania that still operates on tickets. And that is Knoebels. Yes. Um, my kids were actually just there a couple of weeks ago. I was at work. Um, but they were there with um, my in-laws and a group of family. Um, you can do a bracelet for kids to do the thing, but like you don't have to pay admission to get into the park. It's all just based on tickets. So like my mom went, my mom does not do rides because she gets motion sick. So she went to go and she was, you know, just to experience the day with her grandkids. And it was great because she didn't have to spend any money. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, that's awesome. I mean, not herself. Mm-hmm. She had to pay for yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, like, obviously, nice, so, but... so, so we, we have things like e-tickets to talk about where we can talk about like, the, these big, huge, elaborate, like, roller coasters, things like that. But then there's things like wild mouses. If anybody's been on a wild mouse ride, that's usually when it's kind of like almost like feels like a little mine cart that you're in. That's on a tiny little track that oh, yeah. is these, I'm like, usually okay fun little twisty too. turns. But, like, it's not like these massive drops. It's more kind of like... I think Maury's Pier in Wildwood still has yeah, one. They yeah. they still have a yeah. I they still remember have one. that one. Yeah. What is this? Th- what is this called? They're called a wild mouse. A wild mouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this. Um, it's smaller than a regular coaster, so it can make it, sharper turns. Yeah. yeah. Right. So oh, uh, very usually it's two people per car. You say yeah. they're very janky, <laughs> jangly. <laughs> um, but then you have traditional dark rides. Dark rides are anything that's inside of fully inside of a show building. Where it doesn't go outside at all. Skull that's, Mountain, Space Mountain. That's a Mountain. lot of the Disney Skull rides Mountain, these days, Space mainly Mountain. so yeah. they can stay uh, climate controlled. Yes. Um, um, Peter Pan's Flight. 
Peter mm-hmm. Pan's flight. Yeah, there's some of them are like this. Then oh, you yeah. have flim Winnie rides, which are really crystal clear. We have log flumes, obviously, that we've already yes. talked about that Kenny goes surfing on. <laughs> um, Don't take Kenny to the log flume ever. That my baby brother cried on. So, and then again, obviously, like I said, these huge big attractions that have explosions and all these things, which I'll we'll kind of just sum up as e-tickets. And then coasters. Okay. Yep. So, we have a couple things to talk about. So And, car- and the carnival attractions, too, like the merry-go-rounds, like, gra- Gravitron, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right, the right. swings. Swings, yeah. Like, yeah. Swings yeah, there's great. tons of things all, all down those yep. lines. So whoever feels like ju- jumping in first on what your favorite types are. So. Um, I, I'm a coaster nut. It's just the bigger and faster it goes, the more I want to be on it as quickly as possible. Um, but now, with that being said, it's not my favorite ride. I know, like, are, are we talking about, like, our favorite ride we've ever done now, too? Or is that going to come later? Um... <laughs> I kind of sort of um, because I, my favorite ride is an e-ticket ride okay even though coasters are my favorite kind of ride sure. the favorite ride I've ever been on was an e-ticket ride okay what 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 was it it should come as no surprise to anybody what back to the is. future back to the future okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm so very shocked okay you you would have loved one of my favorite rides at Disney World when it was still around the timekeeper um Aww. Robin Williams yes I've done it Okay. Yes. Okay. Last time I was there was '98, and it was still it was still around. Yep. Aww. And that was the main reason why I wanted to do it was because Robin Williams was the voice mm-hmm. of the timekeeper. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So going into that, as much as I love coasters, like and the adrenaline rush that you get from riding on a good roller coaster, I love those you know kind of you know things that don't even really move you around. Those things like attractions where the timekeeper was you were just sitting in this thing and it was just like an yeah. uh, well it wasn't even an omni mover it was just a theater experience with you know Robin Williams doing the voice of the timekeeper bring you through all these different things in this time machine or like Muppets uh, 3D Muppets 3D Muppet Vision um, yeah. I loved Alien Encounter which is now Stitch's Great Escape which is also still amazing um, Alien Star Encounter Wars. was a very, very different experience. It was said. a very different oh, yes, experience. And then they said, hey, everybody, we're going to stop because people are upset really that we scared. did this. <laughs> yes. They took Alien, the movie, and turned it into an experience where everybody's sitting in a theater it, and then the lights go out. It wasn't oh. Alien, the movie. But it wasn't. They didn't get the rights to that. They were trying to originally. That right. was the oh, plan God. for it. But like, the it lights would really go out. It was really scary. But then oh, like, really you would feel things like your sheets had things to make it feel like. Things were breathing on the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. They would have things drip on you from the top of the ceiling. Uh, you would hear skittering underneath your seat, things like that. But then, like, there'd be a giant tube in the center, and things would break out, and that's when things started getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. yeah. Then they toned it down a ton, and then put a I bug's actually, life. I remember. Well, no, 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 it's, it's Stitch. Stitch. It's Stitch. Yeah, but oh, I remember I going Disney, to that ride. Disney had a bug's life one too. Oh, they they do. I remember going to that ride when it first came out in like 1997, and it was creepy as hell. And then we went back like a few years later and I was like, oh, let's go find that ride again. And it was Stitch's Great Escape. And you're like, now you just get breathed on with like oniony hot dog breath. And it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Why did they get rid of that ride? That sounds fantastic. It is, but it doesn't. For children, yeah. it was not okay. <laughs> They're not my kids, so it's hilarious. <laughs> um, we can get into I can go on to that for a long period of time, so I'm yeah. not going to do it. But I will say, if you want to know why, watch uh, a YouTube series called Defunct Land and look up <laughs> Alien Encounter. Uh, it's about a 15-minute long video, and you will see who made all those calls because they were trying to compete with a special park down the street. And uh-huh. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> so, And then it blew up in Michael Eisner's face. So. Oh, man. So much drama. The dark times. The dark times. Speaking of that that special park down the street, 
when I when I did go down to Disney in '98, I was more interested in that park than I went in than I was in Disney. You can say Universal. Can, okay. Yeah, I was we, say, we, we are not owned by Disney. Oh, I know, I know. I, I was. Uh, we spent a lot more time in Disney than we did in Universal, but I was more interested in going to Universal than I was any park in Disney World. But that's just because I'm a huge cinephile. I'm a huge movie buff. And at the time, they still had Back to the Future, which I yeah. really wanted to ride. Correction, uh-huh. the park that shall not be named. There you go. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> um, so we were just there in May, and my daughter is 11 and super obsessed with Harry Potter, given that she's named after Lily Potter. I'm not surprised. And so uh, we got surprised with two-day passes to go to Universal when we had only really planned on going to Disney, but Mike's parents had surprised us with, like, they said, well, we'll keep your youngest. You guys can go enjoy this park. Go do the Harry Potter experience with the older kids. Um, it was it was great. We had so much fun there. And there were so many different experiences that we hadn't done before. Because we've been doing Disney with the kids since they were little. So going and doing all the Universal attractions was amazing. And getting to see like the whole Harry Potter universe through my 11-year-old daughter's eyes was incredible. I can, I can go back to that more later. So okay. <laughs> Yeah, I... I haven't been to Universal since 98, so Islands of Adventure, Harry Potter, none of that existed. Mm-hmm. It was still Back to the Future, Earthquake, Jaws, and how Alfred Hitchcock. So when the last time I had been at Universal was in 97 when we went for a uh, music trip, music trip with um, my high school, and we, did, we were there at Disney and we also did Universal. Me and a friend of mine were actually on stage to do the Jaws experience where they doused you with water. Mm-hmm. So I got to be one of those people... And I got to like splash my friend with like gallant, like like a torrent of water. So fun times. I need to go back. Yeah. I would say my favorite type of rides are the ones that sub- that kind of twist your expectations really heavily. Yeah. Like we'll go to Universal. There's one of the best things that they've ever done there, which is the Mummy Returns. Uh, they have uh, which you think it's like it's going to be a inside dark ride, but it's a coaster that's like Space Mountain, and the ride starts. And it's not at all what you anticipate at all. Like, it completely messes with your head if you've ever ridden that ride where you're on a little minecart that goes and you end up into a big showroom building. And all of a sudden there's a tomb in front of you and you see, you know, this giant screen like right in front of your eyes. And it's kind of, you see Imhotep starting to speak to you and it's all in sand. And then all of a sudden, if you say you're going to take the gems or whatever... All the whole of a sudden, the entire room bursts onto fire. All these mummies pop out of the side, and a coaster starts. And then, like, it starts, but you only go just a little bit down the way. And then all of a sudden, your tram basically looks like it's going to hit a wall, and it hits and just hits a hard stop. It does a 360 turn on you, and the screen is all wrapped around you. So you're seeing scarabs come out of the wall, wrap around you, that vibrates underneath your seat, and then the floor drops out, and you drop backwards, and then the coaster starts again. But then the ride ends, and you see that little booth at the end where you hear that operator's like, welcome back to the station, and then the window explodes. And it's an animatronic of the Imhotep again come out, and basically starts cursing you in Egyptian, and then the <laughs> ride continues the coaster again, where like the ceiling bursts on the fire. All these crazy things that you just don't anticipate and expect, but like they change an idea of what a coaster can be, what like a show can be, and they do it all at once, which is super crazy fun. Yeah. Um, we had a blast doing that type of ride. Actually, that's one of my favorites. And I'm not a coaster person, but those ones, because it gives you a little bit of a breather before your next big hurdle. Actually, I do better on those than I do on traditional roller coasters. Uh, Lily and I got to do the Gringotts, Escape from Gringotts, and that was 
phenomenal. That very, very similar. journey or, or, yeah. or just they mess they were, with your um, head. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Really and I'm not a coaster person, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not like coasters, so I usually veer towards, like when I did go, it was like the teacups or the Ferris wheel or swings. So probably more carnival rides than anything. Oddly enough, <laughs> like if you if we ever find ourselves at Universal or one of those places, you would actually yeah. enjoy them probably a lot because there's not there's only like two coasters at each park. I didn't mind Dorney Park when we went at night for the zombie thing because it eliminated a lot of my main dislikes of theme parks, which is the sun and <laughs> waiting in lines. lines and waiting in line. If you eliminate waiting in line in the sun, I'm happy. Well, and you can I can do that at Disney. <laughs> Fast pass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, it's been a long time since I've been there. <laughs> Yeah, and there's also he's talking about the roller coasters, and I will back you up on that, Rob. The um, what was it the yeah the mummy oh, the, the mummy ride? The, the yeah, the that one is yeah. was my favorite down there at Universal. It's amazing. But back. the uh, <laughs> the rides that they're doing now, they tend to there'll be a roller coaster for about 15 seconds, and then they'll go into a screen and they'll move the seat in sync with the screen. And I will say, I'm. I enjoy those, but I'm not the hugest fan because I found that a lot of times the seat's just slightly out of sync with the screen, and it makes me very prone to get motion sick. So if you oh, go and no. do these, we took Dramamine with us, yeah. which was probably the best idea we had the entire Florida trip. <laughs> Save that for our tips section. That makes sense. Uh, I want to go back to, the, like you mentioned, the Revenge of the Mummy, which sounds amazing. Uh, another park that we haven't mentioned yet when I was down in Florida had a ride that I did not expect it to be what it was and that was SeaWorld. SeaWorld at the time had it was the first ever ride that they had ever done and when you're outside of it it's called Journey to Atlantis when you're outside of it it looks like a log flume you see like a big group like one of the larger flumes not the skinnier ones and you see it go up a hill and then the next thing you know you see it come out the mouth of a mountain down a waterfall when you ride the ride you go in and it rides like a flume all of a sudden you go into this dark cave and you hear the water just drop off. So you think you're approaching this big hill. So you start to go down the hill and then all of a sudden it careens to the left, goes outside and it turns into an actual roller coaster for a little while before it goes back in and becomes a log flume again, which was one of the most interesting experiences I ever had. And I didn't expect it from SeaWorld. Yeah. I gotta say, I think the most interesting rides to me, um, Roller coaster and stuff, even though like the mummy sounds really amazing that I need to go, I need to go to Universal again. Um, but are the rides with the human element? So like the great movie ride was one at uh, Hollywood Studios where you had a person in the car that was presenting everything to you. And then the gangsters come out and they take over your car. And it's like, wait a minute, what is this part of the show? Like, uh, or Jungle things, Cruise. Jungle Cruise, like, Jaws, all those things, like where they actually have a spiel script, that they yeah. call them. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they it's a it's a rough script. And yeah, some rides could be really terrible because you have just somebody who is reading up the script. Or, you know, you have like the next Robin Williams, who's, you know, practicing their, their, their comedy career on the Jungle Cruise, being a skipper for the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty common that you actually get a lot of people that start mm-hmm. like... Steve Martin, he yep. he made his career working at Disneyland, working at the Magic Shop, and trying out his routine there. Really? Yep, that's how he that that's how all. he was found was working at Disneyland. That's amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Ravenclaw. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be a lot of those moments. Don't worry. I know. Um, so we all kind of got to the point of some of our rides. Kenny brought up a really interesting po- uh, point when we were talking about this, is how does theming impact our enjoyment of some of these things? Uh, whether it's an experience or a theme park or a specific attraction ride or anything like that. Like, I know I mentioned, like, what was really awesome about Mummy was the fact that even when you're in the line... One of the things that a lot of these big parks do that like a Six Flags or like a Doherty Park or Hershey Park or all these places don't really have is a budget to theme what's around you. Mm-hmm. So like being trapped in a line for Harry Potter's not a problem because even if you're there for an hour, you're constantly being inundated with props around you and like they'll do... They a- have uh, portraits that talk. Um, yeah. That they actually have like... They're giving you a like, story. Right. And- so they have like... Um, Portraits that talk and say different things. You might be walking, like when we did the the Escape from Gringotts, you are literally inside of Gringotts Bank. So you're passing like the super tall, um, like marble pillar desks where they have like the little bank windows and the goblins, the goblins. are working behind and it. And they're all animatronic and they look, they, they, they write get up, they and write, they look, they look at, you, at you and then they go back to writing. Some of them actually talk to you. And if mm-hmm. you talk back, there's pre-programmed responses that yep. they give. Um, the portraits will talk to you. Um, then you travel down, you actually have to get in, um, you have to get in line and get like your picture taken. You get like a little like passport card and everything. It's so That's cool. Cute. Everything about the, uh, like every, I, I'm super Harry Potter obsessed. So me and my daughter. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a very cool experience for us going through, um, you know, even, even just going on the Hogwarts Express between the two parks, like you go into, um, uh, Hogsmeade, and then you can take the Hogwarts Express over to the other park, where you then go into Diagon Alley, and you can. They have, of course, for only fifty dollars, you can get a uh, you can get an interactive wand that will will allow you to cast spells at the windows. Now, I do have to tell this story real quick because we're talking about immersion right now and theming and how it makes things super intense and cool. So, you can actually go and just buy a wand at a stand, or you can wait and do the presentation at Ollivander's. So we got in line to go see the presentation at Ollivander's because we were there early enough. There wasn't yeah. a long wait for it. We get in and we're kind of there like early. So we get shunted towards the very front of where they're going to do the attraction. And there's my daughter with her cute little glasses and her little cat ears on her platform nine and three quarters t-shirt standing there. <laughs> and uh, the witch who was giving the presentation descends a circular staircase and she comes down and she just kind of does one of those like glances over her shoulder and just like looks directly at Lily. And she walks over and she's like, and you, what is your name? And Lily goes, Lily. And she's like, Lily. Mm. And she like brings her over and they go through the whole demonstration of choosing a wand. And like That's when the cute. right wand, like when they pick the, the, the right one, like the lights go down and there's that rush of air. And like every time she would swish and flick one of the bad wands, all the cabinet doors would open and shutter and oh the books gosh. would flap. It was so cool. And That's then of course really we had cute. to buy the $50 wand that they suggested. For <laughs> but then we got to go and cast all kinds of cool spells and make um, like little talking heads dance and skeletons yeah. dance and, you know, it was just, that was probably one of the most immersive experiences That's that I've cool. been at a theme park was, mm-hmm. was Harry Potter. Anybody else as cute. far as like 
theming or if that impacts Kenny like you're the one that brought this up so well, I think it's I think she's absolutely right because I was at that in the Diagon Alley and there's all those little places there's actually secret places in some of the alleyways that you can go you can find Nocturne Alley yeah. and that was the coolest store there was a lot of cool Slytherin, things it was the coolest store so it's a lot like theming like that can be amazing but then you have themes on roller coasters where it's like oh you have the Hulk roller coaster yeah, and yeah. it's a roller coaster is painted green and the theme on that does absolutely nothing for me it's just a roller coaster <laughs> yeah so, I feel that I feel that there's some, and then it gets into the ones that are an in between thing. If anyone remembers, Six Flags had, or maybe they still have, the Superman roller coaster, where it was a roller coaster you're hanging, but it would turn you 90 degrees, so you were laying flat. I think that's still and there. And you would fly yeah. around like you were Superman. That's an interesting type experience as well. It's kind of that cross. There's nothing really immersing, getting you into the immersion there, but the feeling of actually laying flat and flying was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I know this is going to tie into a convention, but bear with me here for a second. Uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con was just a couple weeks ago. And I can tell you it, just a prime example as to how a themed experience can really attract people to it. Out of everything that was going on at San Diego Comic-Con this year, they had the Orville experience in San Diego. And if for oh, no reason damn. alone, I would have gone to San Diego just to do the Orville experience. I don't even know what is in it. Our friend Tony Kim tried to get into it and couldn't get into it. And if for nothing else, I would have loved to have done just the Orville experience. So because we're talking about theming, there is, and I've told the story, I think, well in the past on this, but there was the Star Trek experience, which used to be in Las yeah. Vegas. Um, it was at the Hilton uh, and then I think it moved to Old Vegas and I think it now it's in a different part of the country completely like I think the whole attraction was sold and moved but it was something really simple it was like one of those traditional type rides that you go on where it's kind of like a back to the future where it's essentially you're sitting in a seat the chair lifts up and it has a domed screen around you so you don't have anything around your peripheral and you're just looking at what's there and things are rocking and moving around it mm-hmm. so but the way that they had it framed was like you were going through nothing like more than like just a prop museum essentially and it was like actually like here's like jerry ryan's costume from a seven of nine this was picard's suit from when he was like lacutus here was the board queen like all this stuff so you were getting to see those actual pieces mm-hmm. and then you got into the like the line queue and the ride queue part where it was like okay like we have four lanes to the ride everybody get into your rows the little tv screen comes on they say this is the safety protocol for the ride, and then all of a sudden the screens start going out like in a snowed color where like they like lose their signal. The room goes jet black, you see this spark of white light, and then you're hit with this freezing cold gust of air on your back. And then the lights come back on, and you're standing on a transporter pad, and the rails that were next to you are no longer there anymore, <laughs> and like everything opened up, and you're standing in the middle of the transporting room on the USS Enterprise. And they actually have people in uniform in front of you in the full, like, next-gen uniforms. And they say, guys, just follow us. We'll explain everything to you in a moment. And then they walk you down a hallway, and it looks just like the corridors of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And then the doors close, and you realize you're on a turbo lift. And then the red alert starts going, and the elevator feels like it's really moving upwards. And it's shaking, like, to the point where, like, you have to hold the wall. And then you walk down the final hallway, and you're on the bridge. And Riker comes on screen. And they're going through and give you the kind of, like, actual story spiel. Then you see the real, like, walk down the hallway, get in your lines like what we did originally, and then you yeah. get on the little sim part ride. And it was nothing crazy or special for that part, but it was just no different than, like, a Star Tours or something like that. But they just took it to that next level, and they just yeah. 
were just blown away. But the best part was when you were done, you know, you go through a little time portal and you go back through and crash into the side of the hotel in Vegas that you walked into from originally. Mm-hmm. And you're in this underground point where you see a janitor mopping up. He's like, what are you guys doing down here? Just go down that hallway. <laughs> and then when you come out, you were in a full replica of Quark's bar from DS9. Oh my God, that's amazing. So like they did Aww. everything and had it completely walled off. So you didn't know what you were about to see when you went that's through really and cool. did everything. But it was like, they had somebody in full Frankie like that could speak Frankie and oh, all these shit. people milling around. Like it was kind of like being in that. And even if you're yeah. not a huge Star Trek fan, like, cause I was kind of like, okay, well this would be neat. But it blew me away, and it's to this day That's was awesome. one of the most like wow, like they just went all out. And unfortunately, it no longer exists. Oh, no. It has not existed since really? April of 2010. Oh, yeah. No. I remember when we went to Vegas, it was that. like in, we were trying to find it. It wasn't. We it did not reopen it, yet at that was, point. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually that surprised that nobody either. in this group has mentioned Star Tours yet, as far as like an immersive ride, because that's honestly that's still one of my favorites. Um, they've changed it up a little since it first started, and now of course. There's the whole Star Wars like land that is now in Disney, and I'm so mad that like it's opening in August, and like we were Aww. just there in May. So <laughs> I, I have something I so want to bring into it, but it's a topic that's going to come up in a little bit. So I'm just gonna gonna hold my tongue and wait. <laughs> um. So, is there any uh, any kind of experiences or rides that no longer exist that we wish we could kind of go back to, or any that here uh, that anybody like specifically absolutely hate? Before we kind of move on, Back to the Future no longer looks exists. At me. He's like, you hate everything. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. is there any any specifics? Like, I, I have a very specific roller coaster that I it doesn't exist anymore. It was at Hershey Park, and I'm kind of glad it doesn't exist because I don't think I would ride it anymore. Some of you may know the story already. Yeah, uh, it was called the Sidewinder. Oh, I, I remember the Sidewinder. You would go. Don't, hey, don't tell I your horror story because that's oh, in the back okay. part. We'll, we'll get there. Sidewinder was actually story. the first ride that went upside down I ever rode. Ugh, no, don't want that. We'll, 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 we'll come back pass. around to that. So, so, and there's a good reason why that ride's not around anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are one of three people I know that I've had this happen to. <laughs> the, uh, the, the universe of energy. Ellen's energy adventure in Disney World and Epcot is, is no longer in existence. Makes Aww, me weep. I mean, it had Ellen and Bill Nye. <laughs> oh. They talked about dinosaurs. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, it's no longer. I remember going on that one uh, with Jude when he was the little wood, but wee baby thing. They oh. they shut it down and it's going to become a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy is cool. Yes. Yeah, I do remember that one. That was fun. a fun one. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a big old roller coaster. That's kind of cool. Um, One that I'm kind of glad that they changed is Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm kind of glad that they updated they it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they updated it. They no longer have a wench auction in the middle of the ride, which yeah, was good. a little misogynistic and inappropriate um, yeah, for kids. Yeah. So I'm actually quite glad that they mm-hmm. did that because I feel like it's a little bit, you know, it's not something I have to explain to my child now. Like, oh, why are they trying to sell that woman, mom? Oh, no reason. Yeah. Well, classic lines that yeah. own from that ride, like bring out the redhead. No, yeah, we is, want the redhead. Now it's we, we want, want the rum. The, we yeah. want the rum. Yeah, and she's now I think rum. they actually have red is actually the prior queen of Tortuga. She now. is, yep. yes. Yep. Oh, so I'm glad cute. that she gets her due now that's as opposed to just And she's auctioned. going to be the new lead character in the rebooted Pirates of the Caribbean series. Woo-hoo, yes. Interesting. Yep. Uh, n- no surprise, Back to the Future is a ride that I miss. <laughs> it's still uh, in Tokyo. It, well, I'm not going to Tokyo just to ride Back to the Future. 
unless <laughs> you could. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox are riding it with me. I'm not doing that. Uh, but a ride that I don't people at this table might disagree with me. A ride that I just don't like uh, is the Chocolate World attraction at Hershey Park. I felt What's like. That? You've, you've never done the the, 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 the chocolate world ride no. it's not in hershey park itself you have to go over to chocolate world and they put you on this boat that um you ride through and it shows you how like all the different candy is made and it kind of turns to oh no face. we never did that it's boring but you get free candy at the it's, end, so it's fun you oh. you get a miniature hershey bar at the end of it i the whole time it's i went on it worth sitting through i went it. on it with a group of 10 people and the biggest kick was as like we're halfway through it, I just started going, there's no earthly way of knowing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're on Willy Wonka's boat ride. <laughs> yeah, I would not like that. I'm glad I've never done it. The, uh, the one that I remember going on back when it was at Universal Studios Florida, and I wish it was still here, was the Hanna-Barbera ride. Did anyone else ever get to experience Absolutely. this? Absolutely. And oh, it, it has been, re- been rethemed three times now. Yeah, but it was it was one of those where the, the seats move in sync with the with the screen, much like the Back to the Future ride, but this was cartoon, <laughs> so you could do anything. So it felt like you went from zero to 200 miles an hour in one second, and then you would go over the edge of a cliff, turn 90 degrees straight down, stare at the ground, and then just plummet straight towards it, Anything they did in cartoons, they did in this ride, and it was fantastic. I correctly, too, like the, the concept for that ride, too, was dastardly and muttly steal Elroy Jetson. Oh, my yeah. God. And you have, to, you have to get him back. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. That almost sounds similar to Back to the Future, because it, it back was to the, the future, same text. Back so, to the Future is Biff stealing the DeLorean, and you have to get There was back. a lot of the exact same ride on repeat in that mm-hmm. part. So one thing that we did that I was not expecting to enjoy as much as I did while we were in Universal was... Um, it was a Fast and the Furious ride. And I'm not a huge fan of that movie franchise, but like my son Jude is obsessed with race cars. So I was like, all right, we'll go on this ride. The, ride, like, the wait's not long or whatever. And it was very immersive. Like you go and you're in the chop shop and they're like getting you ready and you're supposed to get on these party buses and then you get caught in the middle of a street battle and whatnot. But it was very cool. And you're not moving at all. It's just the screens around you make you feel like you're oh, moving. And, um, you know, you go up and down, like you can feel like the, the bus is moving up and down and you're watching all these like cool, like uh, car fights going around you. And it was, it was a really cool ride. Jude enjoyed the heck out of it. So it was say, worth it. Probably loved it. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I think from there, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break because we're a little over an hour right now. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about VR because we're already talking about screens, which is a perfect kind of way to roll into it but before we get into that though too we'll do a little bit of discussions of some horror stories from theme parks <laughs> uh before we get into that stuff and then we have some other fun things to hit before we wrap up but uh we'll be back in just a few listen begins here in this gallery where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their
So one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about quite yet is any favorite experiences, but instead of doing the favorite experiences, we're going to, we kind of feel like we got into a lot of that, but let's look at any kind of personal horror stories. Any of us have Kenny, had any, any I want to hear park. it. What, the guy that like stood up on a log flume would have a <laughs> horror story? No, that's not even it. That's fine. It was uh, a bright and sunny day. Yeah. Hershey Park, the Sidewinder. <laughs> It was a roller coaster. I still remember it had a spiral twist completely upside down and then right side up again, two in a row, followed by a loop. And then you would go up a hill, stop and do the entire thing backwards to come back to the starting point. The first spiral, fine. Second spiral, fine. Loop, fine. Coming back. Everything's fine until we get to the spiral. And by this point, the roller coaster's starting to slow down. So those spirals are a lot slower than you would think. The harnesses, which go over your shoulders to hold you in, decided we don't need to stay locked. What? We can just open. And so oh I had to God. hold my hands on the harness and slam my feet against the floor to try and like wall press myself and stop myself from falling out. And when I get to the oh when I get God. back, I tell the person what happened, and their response was, "Yeah, it does that sometimes." What the and apparently Rob will back me up because he knows other people that have had the An same An old friend experience. of mine by the name of Rich, same experience on the very back of the coaster. I don't know if that's where you sat, but it was in the very back seat. Jesus. And our friend Phil also had that experience oh, happen to him. I remember you telling me. Oh, my God. Uh, the Sidewinder hasn't been opened in, I think, oh. about 10 years. Uh, but that was a very common occurrence. Um, my horror story is also from Hershey Park. Uh, so for me at Hershey Park, uh, they had like these Ferris wheel kind of things, but they weren't quite Ferris wheels. Like they basically had like, I think there was two long arms and they had kind of like these kind of like enclosed cages where you could have like three or four people sitting in a circle and there was a little wheel in the center yes. that you could spin and oh it make God, it spin yes. around, but it like, it would go basically just like a Ferris wheel, but you could like free move them. The ride broke down when we were at the top of the crest. It was in the middle of the summer, and you're inside a giant metal box in the sun. Oh, no. And we were up there for an hour and 45 minutes. When they finally brought us down, they said, we're sorry for the trouble. And they gave us a coupon off for half of the cost of a soda and a pretzel. That's what, what we got. And not even one for all of us. That is That was our sorry we... Basically wasted about a fourth of your day at the park. Jesus. And I haven't been back to that place since because That's that was fair. well past already knowing other people's horror stories there. <laughs> but, I mean, they had problems after problems after problems there. I mean, they're not a really well-designed and kept park for the most part, I would say, in my opinion. But, you know, they had uh, they had well, problems with... the uh, old rickety coaster in Dorney? At Dorney? Hercules? Hercules, yes. yes. Well, there was two. There that was the one Thunderhawk and me. Hercules. No, I think Hercules is the, the one wooden, I was thinking about because that's, that's the, the one that... Well, yeah, well, they yep. had two because Thunderhawk yep. was the other wooden one, too. So if it's the one but that was But it was over... Hercules. No, it was Hercules. So it Hercules, was definitely that. I think, got pulled down. Yes, it did. Yeah, Because it was it sinking. It was sinking. It was sinking into the swamplands. No lie, like they had they, the they, first roller coaster we built here sank into the swamp. Wow. The second one sank into the swamp. The third one burned down, fell over, and then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one stayed up. <laughs> Sorry. I like I like the wooden roller coasters. I actually like them better than the metal roller coasters, just because they rely more on sudden drops. Which in a coaster, I like the sudden drops a lot more than I like the loops. And they have they have head choppers. They could have mm-hmm. turned Hercules into a never-ending story theme. <laughs> 
They kind of... So, uh, any other, anybody else have a horror story from a theme park? I I have one that's not necessarily so much of a horror story, but could have turned into a horror story. And this actually happened at Maurice Pier in Wildwood. Uh, There is Wildwood, you say? Uh, There is seawater and fresh sea air causing problems for electronics and metal. A funny, a funny, quick funny story before I get into this one. Do you know how they have the big swing that you go on where they put you in the harness, they hoist you up and you have to pull the cord? Yeah, that looked terrifying. Uh, I've done it. I've done it three times. I've done it in, I've done it Wildwood. I've done it in Ocean City, Maryland Mm -hmm. on the beach. And I've done it in Ocean City, Maryland at Charlie Rogers Speed Park. It's amazing. It's it's (laughs) a blast. But me and my friend Kyle, who shares this somewhat horror story with me, we remember we we both wrote it together in uh, Ocean City, Maryland at Jolly Roger and in Wildwood. When we asked the the person who runs the ride in Ocean City, we asked him what happens if the cord breaks. We were just fooling around and he's like, uh, oh, just tuck in and it'll probably like help you survive a little bit better. We're like, yeah, okay. We go to Wildwood. We ask the operator at Wildwood, and this just goes to show you the type of people they have at Wildwood. <laughs> we ask the, the operator at Wildwood, if the cord snaps, what do we do? He's like, pray. <laughs> we're like, all right, now we're all for it. Um, so there's a roller coaster at the end of Maurice Pier, and I can't, for the life of me, I can't Is it the remember. one that goes upside down? I don't. It's, is it it's the, the big one? It's the big white one at the end. I know of the exactly yeah. the one, one you're talking about. I don't know if it changed names, but it used to be the Great Nor'easter. Great Nor'easter, and that's yes, it. That's the coaster. It is. So my buddy Kyle and I were in Wildwood with a group of other people, and the ride we're in line, and the ride breaks down while we're waiting in oh, line. God. So they're like, "Okay, it's going to be about twenty minutes. We got to do some stuff." And we're like, 20 minutes to fix a coaster? Not necessarily trusting this a little bit." Yeah. But of course, Kyle's like, oh, we should just wait in line and do it anyway. We're like, all right. So everybody who's coming to get in line, they're telling them it broke down. And now my friends are like, yeah, it broke down, it broke down. Meanwhile, Kyle and I are still up at the very front of the line waiting to get on the coaster. And we've ridden this coaster like a hundred times already. And when the coaster was fine, they, they run it through two test runs and everything works fine. And... Kyle and I are the only two people to get on the coaster. Nobody wants to get on the coaster after they've got it running again. So Kyle and I are the only two people on this coaster. We're sitting in the front. And as it starts to go up the hill, all of a sudden, it just drops five feet and then just starts jerking. And Kyle and I looked at each other. We're like, we made the biggest mistake of our lives. Like if if we if I I'm I'm like Kyle I'm like if I survive you can have my stereo you can have whatever you want and luckily the ride went through and we were fine but that was literally the most I've ever feared for my life on a coaster. Okay, so this is actually how we narrowly escaped having horrible story things happen to us while at Bush Gardens in Virginia. So this was about. Uh, seven or eight years ago, we were in Bush Gardens, Virginia, with uh, my husband's whole family, and um, our kids at the time were three and almost two. And, you know, as it is with young kids, when you're at a theme park for most of the day, we would go early in the day, and then, you know, after lunch, we'd be like, okay, let's take them back, we're going to rest for a little bit, and then we'll maybe come back and do some rides later on in the evening when it cools down. So, we just we decided we pack up pack up the stroller get everybody in the car we drive back to our um hotel where we were staying it was more of like a condo complex and uh, we put the kids down for a nap 
And all of a sudden the ground starts shaking. Like everything in the apartment starts shaking. And I'm like looking to see if there's like a giant truck driving by or a train track somewhere or something. No, this is an honest, I was like, what is going on here? And Mike looks at me and he's like, I think we just felt an earthquake. And I was like, no, we don't have earthquakes. This is, <laughs> this is the East coast. We don't have earthquakes. Leave that to California. He flips on the news. Actual earthquake. I don't remember exactly what the Richter point scale was, but it was big enough that they evacuated pretty much every ride on the entire park. Oh, wow. Um, and there were, pe- like, there were coasters that got stuck up at the top and, like, all kinds of things. So this was, like, how we narrowly escaped. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Death and destruction. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to roll into our next part here. So, um, Ken, you actually brought this up, and I thought this was kind of an interesting idea because we're starting to see this kind of incorporated a little bit more. Um, how do we think these types of industries are going to change now because of things like VR becoming such a normal thing. Um, you know, we are seeing now roll- certain roller coasters incorporating VR into them, uh, where you're actually wearing a headset during the coaster, uh, where you're seeing like things like, um, you know, like a, a fighter pilot going, and it's meant to feel like that you're in a cockpit, feeling like the G-forces of a plane flying, or oh, all these little things that they're trying to do to kind of change perceptions of things a little bit. Um, and especially because VR is now so accessible in people's homes, uh, we're also seeing a lot of people, like we talked about, rides that no longer exist anymore. Um, people rebuilding those rides in VR for people to experience them again. Uh, there's been a lot of talks of people like Universal and Disney trying to maybe also be people that help kind of recreate some of these experiences for people to use at home. So I don't know if anybody had any thoughts on that stuff. I, I don't think it's a good move because um, there are people out there that can't see 3D, can't see VR, and it limits the people that can experience these attractions. Um, I'm not one of them, but my wife is one of them. And Aww. like Star Tours, I took her on Star Tours and she's like, yeah, it was okay, but... I really couldn't like look at most of it because the 3D was a problem. Like that's really so, tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I appreciate it. Uh, I love it, but it's not for everybody. And I don't think they should go whole hog with it. Well, no, yeah. I think it's more along the lines of like, you know, some places are doing this and being able to like for somebody that maybe can never afford tickets to a park like that to experience. I mean, part of it. That's cool. Uh, but you know, in terms of in the park, you know. Augmented reality, I think, is a better way to go for it. Okay. Um, so I have two rides, actually. I think that they did the VR thing very, very well. There is a... Um, it's in, like, the Ireland area of Bush Gardens, and it's, like, this, like, whole fairy-themed ride, and you have, like, oh, the little headset cute. thing on, and you're, um, you're trying to help the good fairies reclaim all the gems from the bad fairies Aww. and all this other stuff. It was really cute. And you kind of, you're in like a theater seat and you can feel things kind of swaying around you and you can feel like the gust of wind when you're flying this way and that way. And that was actually, that was really well done. Um, I also thought the flight of the hippogriff in Universal that they did for the Harry Potter was very, very cool. Um, was that, no, no, no. The flight of the hippogriff, I'm sorry, cool. that's the coaster. The other one, um, it's uh, where you're flying on the broomsticks. It's the Hogwarts. Oh, it's like the Hogwarts themed ride that you literally go in through. It's the a forbidden floor. journey. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that one was really good. It did have a tendency to make me motion sick. Because um, of the 3D. Yeah. And well, the 3D and there's also fog machines, which, you know, fog machines and I don't, don't go oh. over so well. But um, yeah, I thought that, but the VR part of it, I thought worked really well. Um, with VR, I kind of wonder if it's going to be, like, if they start, you know, trying to push it really heavily, 
I wonder if you're going to see some of that, like, you know, for example, in movies, you know, 3D effects versus like, or like, you know, CGI versus practical effects. Like sometimes people want that actual reality as part of the experience. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when it comes to the VR, like using VR in the park, I, I'd like the I'm park. even talking about in home too. So. Well, but see, I mean, like the difference is like you mentioned Universal doing something like that. I don't, I don't see how some of those things would translate to home VR. Um, because a lot of that, you know, I'm just using Back to the Future again as an example. A lot of that was the movement of the <laughs> surprise, seat. Surprise, surprise. I know. Uh, a lot of that was the movement of the seat that you were in. So you're not going to get that full experience well, when a, you're sitting Well, they're limiting. Home. They're actually, um, if memory serves correctly, there's only one ride in all of both of Universal now at this point at all that has any 3D whatsoever, which is only Forbidden Journey, which is that one Harry Potter ride that Jada was just mentioning. Everything else has gotten rid of all 3D effects completely. But I mean, they like, dropped them. Even so. using it in the park itself, I, I'd like it to be um, an option, not a permanence. If that makes sense, I get that. A lot of them yeah. are turning those things off. That's what I mean. Because there's a lot of guests yeah. complaining. It's, it's something that I would like to do once to experience it, but then after I've experienced it, I just want to ride. I just want to ride the ride. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to coasters. Yeah. I want to see what's around me, not what's fake being projected around me. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing because I'm, I'm going to talk about the flip side of the coin and that's how it is for the actual parks themselves because they're doing a lot of those rides and like Ben said, it's the seats moving in sync, but they're talking about giving you a full VR headset. You can look around. It's like you're sitting there. The seats are moving up and down, so it's giving your body that actual feeling that you're flying. They've got fans blowing at different speeds for the different drops. It literally feels like you're on a roller coaster. And then what they can do is they can change their park up every week with the touch of a button, and they can have a brand new coaster. There is no tear down, rebuild, huge cost. It makes it very cost effective for these places. But the ride doesn't, uh, I guess it does change. If it's a Back to the Future thing, that yeah, that, totally that ride is now The Simpsons. Yeah, that's they well, didn't change it. And, and not only that, but it's just a, it's a bit of programming to change the that's direction a, that that's, the seats. That's are all they're doing. But as far as your perception riding it, it's a completely different roller coaster with completely different twists and turns, completely different heights. Everything's different. I understand that, but the 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 sentence that you said real quick uh, was to feel like you're on a roller coaster. I don't want to feel like I'm on a coaster. I want to be on a coaster. <laughs> So, Kenny, uh, you brought this up, though, and you brought up one specifically, and I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about it, which was Ghostbusters with Madame Tussauds. Yeah, and that is actually by a company called The Void, who is taking it to a whole new level. You actually put on a backpack, which they're using as a proton pack, but the backpack has a laptop computer in it. You have a proton gun in your hand. You have a visor and you, it is mapped out to the rooms. So you're actually walking through the rooms, and when you see a chair, you can touch the chair. When you see a control panel, you can actually push the buttons on the control panel oh, and open weird. things. When you walk through cobwebs, they have um, like dental floss dangling, so you feel the cobwebs brushing past you, and it that gets to really the weird. point where, um, and I was thinking this, I brought this up, I said I'd bring it up later when Jada brought up about the Star Wars experience. They have a Star Wars one. where you are in Star Wars and there are stories of people where it opens up, um, you're walking across a bridge over a lava pit, you can feel the heat, you can see the drop off and there are people that have to like take the visor off because they're too afraid it's too real and they're afraid they're going to fall into a pit of lava. It's a completely real experience and it is, 
I want to do it. I would do that. Like I know the Ghostbusters one part of it is like you're on like I think like the 40th floor of a high rise in Manhattan. You have to go out there. And like you go through a room and they actually make it feel like you're walking under it through outside of a window and there is a ledge that you're standing on. It's only like half foot off the ground but like you're still standing on it but they've got wind blowing at you nonstop, so it feels like you're on that situation when you look down even though if you took your visor off you're standing on a ledge a half inch tall but when you have the visor on you're standing on the 40th floor of a building on the outside ledge with wind blowing on you and you look down and you see down below oh hell no there there are people that (laughs) can't do it because of that part of it yeah, but I would, it's cool. I would not be you okay can, with that. You can That's point your crazy. gun. You can shoot. When you pull the trigger on your gun, you see the laser come flying out, and it'll leave burn marks on the wall. You have to capture ghosts. It's it's incredible. That I would do in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're doing these more and more with like these big IPs, and it's becoming like this kind of next big thing. But again, it's not like doing a theme park. I think it, like it's a premium. It's like you're paying like it's it's I believe around forty forty dollars for fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. But they said it's the closest you'll yeah, ever feel like you're in these things almost, with the exception of walking around Hogsmeade and things like that. But Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to get to before we get into some more of our final pieces here is, Jada, you brought up something interesting on ways we'd like to see these types of industries change and evolve and what we think we could they could be doing better or things that certain places are doing better than others. Um, well, I think that there's a lot to be said for inclusion of all different body types because... I've been talking with some of my friends who are of larger stature and size, and they can't go to a lot of amusement parks and enjoy rides um, because they might not fit in the seats for the roller coaster or they might not be able to, there, there might be a size restriction for certain things. Now, I understand for safety concerns and for, um, you know, for certain things, they, they have to be able to do these things, but we have all this technology, like we should be able to engineer for a larger person as well to be able to enjoy a theme park. Um, it seems like there should be a way for that to happen. Um, I also, you know, as a mom of a, uh, a child with sensory issues, um, he is actually, he does pretty good in a lot of amusement parks. He's been going to amusement parks since he was six months old. So <laughs> he can handle things like that a little bit better with some of the noise, but I know there are a lot of kids who can't. So it's, um, you know, I would like to see a little bit more inclusion and more sensory f- friendly places yeah. for kids who have sensory issues. Um, what places do like Sesame place is yeah. actually one of, it's a sensory friendly play and they're one of the first, um, I, I think I'm trying to remember how they bill it, but they're one of the best like autistic friendly theme parks yeah. Um, in the area. Um, Disney actually does a lot for people with special needs. That's they awesome. actually, like what you, kind of things do they well, do? Well, basically like if you, like we, when we go with Alec, um, we have to go at the beginning of the part, we go at the beginning of the day or the beginning of our trip and we register all the members in our party. You have to go to like guest services and you register all the people in your party okay. and they give you a special card for him. It's basically like, um, you can fast pass any ride. Okay. That makes so sense. So you get, I think it's like up to six people per day can go with you. So it's like parents, grandparents, kids yeah. along with you in your party. Everybody can go do the ride with him. That's um, nice. So yeah. it is really, really nice because it cuts the wait time in half. And he has a tendency to melt down when, you know, he sees the cool ride. He wants to go on Dumbo so badly and he can't yeah. because he has to wait and be patient. And that is just a concept that's just so overwhelming to him sometimes. So it's really wonderful to be able to kind of sidetrack that line um and be able to go on the ride again 
quicker or something like that. Um, uh, Bush Gardens does that as well. That's cool. Uh, actually, when we were in, uh, I think it's like the Da Vinci area of Bush Gardens, I had them on like the little, it's like a little airplane ride that goes up and it spins around a couple of times and comes back down. And the guy just looked at me and he was, cause Alec was like, yay. And he was, he was being so happy. And the guy was just like, you want me to just keep him on there? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so he rode that ride like six times in a row without even getting That's off amazing. of it. And it was awesome. That's perfect. Um, Dutch Wonderland also does great thing. It does a similar thing for uh, children with special needs as well, too. And I mean, they're geared towards younger kids, but yeah. it's good to see that um, they are inclusive, even with older kids with special needs, too. So you're starting to see that more and more being yes. done. Um, and, and especially you even mentioned, too, with like body sizes. Um, a lot of the rides nowadays are being engineered to be able to be a little bit more adaptive there in the way that like they're doing like restraint bars, things like that. Mm-hmm. The downside that you see a lot of times, especially in a place like Disney, which was built in like 1971, yeah. a lot of those rides are the same bones without, and that's unfortunately that's where they can't do as much of that because of like old engineering and stuff. But at least a lot of the newer things that they're building, uh, they're they're really. Boards thinking about those things and kind of making alterations. So it's been nice to see that they're making big changes. But but sometimes they aren't. Like uh, Flights of Passage, like uh, with the, uh, in Animal Kingdom, the Avatar ride. Yeah. There was uh, still a lot of complaints about that ride not being able to accommodate larger riders. And I, I mean, I can tell you from somebody that, that has ridden that mm. when I was there for work um, with my boss. Like, yeah. even just a normal person, that ride's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. It's, oh, I agree. It doesn't feel great against your body. Yeah. Mm. It feels like you've got, like, four blood pressure cuffs on you at all points in time, Ugh. and it's like something is holding you and squeezing you. And yep. you're like, so it's not, I don't think anybody's missing not anything on that pleasant. one. It's a cool experience at first, but then at the same time, you're like, this is awkward. I gotta say, I've done it once. I don't know if I'd want to really do it again. Yeah. I don't think I would. That makes sense. It, it was weird. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, talking about the sizing and everything. There's a ride at Six Flags called Rolling Thunder, and it's just an old school wooden coaster. Yeah. I'm I'm no taller than 5'10", but even in this, even at 5'10", I feel like I'm compressed. Like my yeah. feet are on the fo- floor pushing down just to be comfortable, and my knees still are still up to my chest. So it's just... And that's another one that's similar to the rides at Disney where it's so old that there's really not much they can do with it. They just have to keep running it the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Until it is it, it's had its time in the sun and it's it's pulled down. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, it's 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 a shame with some of those things, but again, it's you know, like we talked about extinct rides and things like that, the ones that are no longer there. But I mean it's the, a lot of these things aren't built to be there forever. To eventually, uh-huh. yeah. And they, they have, have to, to make adapt, changes. So. so the positive is as old ones come down, new things come up that can can work and the fact that you're even saying what you know Jada is you mentioning all these other parks that are like doing things for like goods for sensory play it's when all these other places are doing it the big names have to pay attention because mm-hmm. then they're being left in the dust and That's they're the true. ones that want to be That's the fair. leaders of this thing so if they're not leading the charge they get left behind really quickly so it, I, I, I think we're going to see a big change in that in the next couple of years I hope so I keep going mm-hmm. back to uh, Gabriel Iglesias yeah it's not fluffy it. friendly it's not fluffy friendly yes. yep Aww. yeah <laughs> that was actually a video that was shared to me by uh, Justin Aaron. Oh, was it? Aaron's a big guy, and he has yeah. trouble yeah. going on rides. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's I mean, it's it's told with humor, but mm-hmm. it's absolutely true the yeah, way it yeah, was. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> I mean, imagine paying you know sixty five dollars just to go into a park for a day, like I, or you know even ever. more than that for some of the other like really big name parks, just for one day, and you can't do. Half of the rides yeah. or any yeah, of the rides. That would suck. I actually remember oh, sorry, a group God. trip to Six Flags with uh, some of the. I think you were there. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly, 
I, th- I think it was Phil and Figgenbaum and you probably uh, maybe Mike Carlucci <laughs> and, and a couple you were other there. people and you and you and, and you, you. <laughs> and a few of our party members weren't able to go on many of the roller coasters. It was very disappointing for yeah. them. Uh, and, and Kenny, I know you were laughing there because you were thinking of the uh, Inglacius routine. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a great routine, but I, <laughs> I also want to jump back to the uh, Sesame Sesame Place. And I think it's yeah. good to hear that they're doing things for kids because when Rob and I were kids, they would just go toss them onto a net 50 feet above the ground. They'll be fine. <laughs> it's just concrete below them. They're fine. Okay. <laughs> just concrete. It's fine. I yeah. think, though, uh, like, adapting. I mean, all this is this is fantastic, and I, and they should do more like that. Um, but evolving the experience as well for other park goers too, like you know, making things more interactive, like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, like actually incorporating guests into the story and saying, hey, you know, you can be here and here and here at these points in time and experience more it's the of the future. story. It's yeah. it's what they're going to do. We talked about in the very beginning about Ren Fair and things like that, or yeah. like. Being a part of Back to the Future in a giant town full of people, or things like Penzik, it, it's it's what people want. It, they don't want to just get in line, wait outside in the sun. Like Ugh. it's the things that <laughs> like this is the things that suck about theme parks. Yep, and they don't want that anymore. Like if if you're in a queue or you're in an area like Galaxy's Edge, and you're like, nope, I'm in Star Wars, and I get to tell my own story while I'm here. That changes the game. Yep. Like it, it is, it is no longer that. It is you're now in the most expensive LARP you will ever be in. Mm-hmm. You're in it's now a, cool. a six billion dollar LARP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting, waiting two hours for a two minute coaster is one of the reasons why I really don't go to Six Flags anymore. Same. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. I've never been to Six yeah. Flags. <laughs> um. All right. So we're talking about all these little pieces here, and I think now is the time for us to get to our final three points. So the first one, this is something that we'll probably run through fairly quickly, but our tips for surviving theme parks <laughs> and the things to not do. Cat Sunscreen. Yes, that was mine important. too. Yep. That's number one on the list, it's especially like, if you are very pale. <laughs> sunscreen for everybody. Yes. Plan, plan, plan. As much as you may think, oh, I'm just going to go and wing it. Don't try to wing it. Try to plan out your day and know where you want to go and where you want to be, and especially what you want to eat and when you want to eat it. (laughs) Comfortable shoes. Comfortable (laughs) shoes. No high heels, no steel-toed weird-looking boots. Wear sneakers. Wear supportive footwear because your feet will die if not. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. That would be very uh, This goes more for the summertime as we are in now. Hydrate. Yep. Drink it. plenty yes. of water. Frozen water bottles inside your backpack. Or camelbacks. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they will allow them in the park. Yep. I said it before and I'm saying it again. Dramamine. <laughs> You're going to get motion sick. Take Dramamine. <laughs> Do flume rides in the beginning of the day. What if ones? not... Water, uh, water rides in the beginning of the day. Like the last thing you want to do is if you're at a park all day at five o'clock, especially if you're like early season yeah. and the sun goes down and then you are in Dripping really sad, wet. wet clothing for the rest of the day mm-hmm. and in the ride home, yep. which sucks. But um, on a good hot summer day, if you go like earlier part of the day, early mid midday, like by do that pre-lunch. Yeah. Pre-lunch, then jump on a roller coaster, dry off. Yeah. If you have children with you, bring a stroller. 
Even if the kid refuses to sit in it, bring a stroller. That's going to be awkward with 13-year-olds, but okay. I've seen people do it at Disney. (laughs) Kids with like sneakers more expensive than mine, and they're sitting in a stroller. I I know you can do this at theme parks because I was just down at Universal earlier this year. Uh, Take a backpack with a little cool pouch in it. We brought turkey sandwiches, hoagies, Uh, chips, sodas. We had so much food. And whenever we wanted to eat, there was no long lines at restaurants, no paying $20 for a fish taco. You could just open your bag, (laughs) eat whatever you wanted. We ate while we were watching shows. It was so much better. I've done that at Disney. We've packed sandwiches and snacks. I was actually going to say that too. as also like a parental thing. Bring lots of snacks. Yeah, that's smart. If you're doing like a like a big like theme park resort experience like Disney World, uh, take a rest day. Yes. Don't try to do five days in a row. You will want to die and want a vacation <laughs> after your vacation. <laughs> um, another good one is go early in the morning, do some attractions, go back and rest in the middle of part of the day, and then go back for like the later part of the evening. Because especially at a park like Disney, you have a lot of people who are going, they're going to go from sun up to sundown, and they might be leaving at five o'clock to go eat, or if their kids are cranky, then you get all the rides towards the end of the day, and you can stay there till nine o'clock at night and stay for fireworks. Um, Go to shows. Yes. You don't have to do like, if you're sick and tired of waiting in line, Go to the ma- uh, go to a magic show. It's uh, uh, one of the little things that's it's something indoors to make sure you're getting shade. That's yes, really incredibly important. That was actually a combination of what the two of you just said is what I was about to just jump in with. When you're in a hot theme park, now some of them are up north, some of them are down south. When you're at a hot theme park, one of the best things we did was just stop, see a show that's inside. You got to sit down for a half hour in an air conditioned room. Makes all the difference in the world. Um, one of the other pieces too to think of real fast is in all honesty, look for value days. Like that's something that everybody forgets to do. Like if there's a special event, like cat's not a theme park park person. You and I went for a special after hours thing where we almost had free reign of a park with only a thousand people at six flags. You could walk on a ride where you (laughs) were able to do the entire park in a short period of time. I know like. Universal has Halloween Horror Nights. Disney's got like the not they Mickey's did that, not like, so right scary around Halloween when party. Zombieland came out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, not so scary Halloween things like that's that. That's why it was at the at Dorney Park. Parks are open later. You can do certain rides later in the day, and the you're gonna have less people there. So, uh, stay home. No, I'm <laughs> after that was all gonna be one of things that after, after yeah, all these tips, don't go. no, um, <laughs> this this is a tip that I I like to use. Go it's to it's hit or miss though. <laughs> Uh, go on overcast days. I can tell you the la- the one time I went to Six Flags, we took a risk. It was supposed to, it was calling for about a 50% chance of rain. We went, it was overcast all day, never rained. We got on coasters that we didn't even have to get off of because there was nobody in the park. I use that same tactic for beach days. Mm-hmm. I go when it's overcast because whatever, you're already going to be wet. Who cares if you get rained on? Yep. Um, also, so for Florida, if you're in a Florida park, the rain only lasts like 10 minutes. Um, one of my favorite stories of Disney is actually Lily when she was about six. She and I were standing in front of the castle watching a show in the middle of the day. And I had her up on my shoulders, a crowd of people around us. And... Um, also, wear activewear. That's another good one. Like, wear workout gear if you're going <laughs> to the theme parks. Sense. This is why. So, we're standing there. All of a sudden, the sky clouds up. And all of a sudden, you hear, like, plip, 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 plop, 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 plop. And then just torrential buckets of rain just 
and everybody scatters. Everybody's running into the shops, buying all these ponchos, getting umbrellas, putting ponchos on everything. And I just kind of pop Lily off my shoulders and I look at her and I said, you want to run and play in the rain? And she says, boy, do I. So we ran and cavorted and pranced and splashed in puddles. And it was so much fun. It's still one of my favorite Disney memories. And then you know what? Ten minutes passed. The thunderstorm stopped or the rain stopped. The sun came out. We dried off in about five minutes because active wear. And then you're good to go. Another thing, too, is if you are a person that wants a poncho, Buy it before you go. Yes. yes. Go to Amazon and spend a dollar per poncho. Or yes. go to the dollar store. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They sell they, them at the dollar they store. They sell them at the dollar store. Another one, um, this is a more of a parental one, but if you go to like, if you're staying for like the fireworks extravaganza, go to Amazon or wherever and buy just like a cheap thing of glow sticks. Because Hi. otherwise, the people walking around with like the glowy, spinny, light up toy things, they're like $30 a piece. So oh, you give your kids all these little glow stick things. You're like, here, you don't need that. Snap. Glow stick. Glow well, stick. Glow stick. That. They have yeah. so much more fun with it and you save money. It's a dollar. Exactly. <laughs> when you show up, fake an injury and get a wheelchair, <laughs> oh, go right stop. to the front of the line. It so works. what about things to not do? <laughs> what don't, Kenny just said. <laughs> don't go during the high season if you can avoid it. That makes I, sense. I had a, my, my friend Chris asked me about two weeks ago. He's like, hey, we haven't been to Six Flags in a while. You want to go to Six Flags? I'm like, when? He said, this Wednesday. I was like, dude, it's 95 degrees with a heat oh. index of 101. All those kids are out of school. I'm like, no, I do not want to go to Six Flags. <laughs> This week if you can or avoid any time in any, the next couple of months. Any theme park or resort place that's like associated with any of those things in summer months, avoid the summer months. Yep. Uh, anytime you can go off again for an off season and away for a holiday as well. Mid-September. It will save when you money. kids go back to school during the week. It will uh-huh. save you money. If you go to a place with carnival games, avoid the carnival games. <laughs> You're not going to win the carnival games. <laughs> do not drink a gallon of milk, Kenny. Yeah. Do not surf that, on log plumes, Kenny. Do don't. not fake injuries, Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> nah, I'm going to go with Kenny on that one. You guys don't have fun at that amusement park. I've, so. I've actually done that one, and so, it works. So I'll warn you, because Disney's getting smart to this. If you fake an injury, even if you are injured, they still make your party wait in line while you wait at the entrance. And when your party finally gets to the ride, you can get on the ride with them. Oh, that's bull. That's so. bull. There were people that were renting out their services in their wheelchairs to people groups Ooh, that we're going to do that's just entrepreneurship that's cool. so they had to crack no down on it <laughs> also too one of the other things you don't have to buy a fast pass if you can avoid it and spending a small fortune in certain circumstances you absolutely yes people certain uh, do need them but like for like things like universal and six flags and all those things if you're gonna be there for multiple days you also don't have to ride everything when you're there or just go to the most magical place on earth where fast passes are included with your admission Boom. <laughs> so wait a minute. If fast passes are included with your admission, then it's really nothing different if everybody has one. But you can well, only do so many per day, right. and you can only do, um, you have to space them out. So again, uh, it all comes okay. back to planning, because this is what we do when we go to Disney yes. as well. We plan out, okay, these are the rides that we absolutely want fast passes for for the day. And so we all plan it out, and you have a two-hour window. So if I want to go on, if we want to go on Pirates of the Caribbean, we can sign up for our fast pass between nine and eleven. 
We can go anytime between 9 and 11, and then we don't get another Fast Pass until later on that day when we want to go on Haunted Mansion or Space Mountain or something like that. So does it act like like an Outback Steakhouse pager where it vibrates if no. like your time is up? Or? No, you just miss it. So if yeah. you miss your, pass, your Fast Pass, it's gone. So, so so basically what Bill's saying is... You're scheduling your day. Yeah. If so we, it gives you a particular time to return to the ride to ride yes, it. Yes, okay. exactly. Window, so you get window. a shorter wait time. So the regular wait time might be 45 minutes, but if you have a fast pass to it, you might wait only 20 minutes. So, so you're still okay. waiting a little bit, but it's not... If you would like to downgrade from Universal to Disney, then you can get a fast pass and you'll be able to go online. <laughs> it's apples or and oranges. Wanna, or if you want to spend an extra 40 bucks for your fast pass at Universal, go ahead. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm still at that point in my so, life where if I go down to Florida, I'd rather go to Universal than Disney. I'm, I'm not going to make this a whole Disney you know, theme thing. We've for already tips. had two episodes <laughs> about that. I know. This but, is like part three. It's okay. <laughs> if, you, if, you're pl- if you're planning your vacation or a trip to a theme park, park certainly know your dates in advance like i don't know if universal does anything like it but disney does you know certain things where if you go on a disney vacation you've got 60 days ahead of time to plan out your fast passes or 90 to 120 days to plan out your dining reservations you know you got to get on those right when you have the chance to do it but see that kind of takes some of the fun out of vacationing though because sometimes going on vacations is fun just doing spur of the moment stuff which to is plan your vacation just kind of doesn't feel like a vacation anymore <laughs> what's your thoughts on that cat <laughs> and Kat says, yeah, what to uh, what to do? Not go to the park. It's true. I just plan everything in other vacations. Yeah. I'll just drive to Gatorland. <laughs> Forget them both. <laughs> so let's get to our final two things um, before we get ready to wrap up. So um, if people here could create your own theme park, what would you theme it after? Back to the Future. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's not Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun, though. What would make it stand out a little bit? And what would be one of your attractions? And then we're going to come back around to your worst. But we're only doing the first one. Then we'll come back around. So let's... So what is a... You're, you were very ready, Ben. Uh, it's Back to... No, it's not Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> no, uh, basically, Welcome to Jumanji. Ooh. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be so neat. it's just a jungle cruise over it, and over well, and over. No, no, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, with both movies that we've seen, we've seen both the what happens with Jumanji outside of the board game and inside of the board game. And I feel like the park, as an experience, would start in the normal world with kind of things affecting the normal world until eventually you transition into actually a jungle environment where there's even more experiences because now you've entered the game. So I think a Jumanji theme park might actually be a lot of fun. That would be badass. I, would I like that. that idea a lot. Um, so I'm surprised that something like this doesn't exist. And I think Evermore is kind of close to what I'm thinking of. But I would do it more of a, like, more rides and stuff based. A Tolkien-based theme park. Yeah. Where it would be, like, part Renaissance Fair. And, of course, you can dress up. And in my park, you'd get discount pricing if you show up in elf ears and a cloak. Like, I'm sorry. But that's how it used to be at the PA Ren Fair. Um, and I loved that because if you went in garb, you got in cheaper than everybody else. That's awesome. So um, I think that that would be really cool. Like if you show up in character to yes. your Lord of the Rings theme park and, you know, you either have to follow this path and maybe you're helping them go through the Mines of Moria, which could be a badass roller coaster. That would be amazing. Um, you could also have like the flight of the Nazgul. You could have... Um, you know, maybe an area of like stunt fighting. You'd have awesome shows with stunt fighting and special effects areas. 
Um, probably some VR stuff where you're dealing with more magic, the flight of the eagle at the end. Um, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, this actually may get announced this coming week, actually. <gasps> Shut up, right? Uh, Rob, okay. are you developing a theme park? <laughs> August. I was like, I just saw your idea. This Comca- Comcast and NBC are making a giant announcement at, at the Orange County Convention Center on August 1st uh, for Universal's fourth park. Oh, awesome. Ooh. It's called Fantastic Worlds. There's only certain rumors right now on some of the things. One of the big returning rumors is they have the rights to Lord of the Rings. Um, right that now, I think they're amazing. saying it's, they're going to do an island that's based on Nintendo. There is talk about the third Harry Potter section, classic Universal Monsters, and I can't remember some of the other stuff. I, I think. think the Nintendo park's been th- been rumored for a while, hasn't it? Yes, yeah. but it was originally going to happen at Universal, but now like it, like Islands of Adventure or something. But it sounds like it's going to happen at the okay. new place now. But yeah, no, it sounds like there there's been big that rumors be that amazing. that's that going to get announced this week. Um, you know what? A really fun one would be taking the movie Labyrinth and making that a theme park. I'd go to that it's park. It's a fucking labyrinth. I mean, like, there's <laughs> so many interesting things to do there. It's like it is like there are sections like an escape room with puzzles to solve and things like that. And, you know, it would be really an interesting thing. And it, you could do it in a contained space because, yeah. Do you know uh, out in Reading and Lancaster area, there is a place every fall called the Amazing Maze Maze, and uh-huh. it's just a huge yeah, the corn, corn maze. maze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not a year that goes by that I do it that I don't start singing Dance Magic Dance. <laughs> that maze. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. It'd be really fun. <laughs> so I could uh, I could phone one in here and say Blizzard World. But I'm not surprised well, that was your choice. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They, the Blizzard already made a Blizzard World Overwatch map with you know their own attractions, and it just looks like if they're planning on doing this, everyone will want to sign up. Um, but I won't. I won't phone it in. Um, I won't want to say Nintendo Land because again, that's been rumored for a long time now. I'd say a whole theme park based on Tron, and this would be. Ooh, I'd be in. Well, this the Tron would, rides about is being built now, so. Mm-hmm. This would be an interesting theme park because it would be a gigantic undertaking because it would be all indoors because yeah. it would have to be a, almost a gigantic dark ride experience like and, for oh the gosh. moment you walk into the park. And it would need separate ways by journey played some point in, oh, that, yeah, of course. in, in the park. <laughs> of course. It's also probably the most black lights in one place in <laughs> yes. existence. Oh and neon. And neons, yeah. yeah. Kenny. All right. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> sort of a like James Bond spy themed that'd be fun here's what it is because I've thought this out you give them like their own not as expensive not has to be like an iPhone but that sort of device like a little tablet device when they walk in and that can be like their fast pass where you, you scan it at the ride and then later it'll pop up with a little image of like Q or someone saying we need you to go to this mission please arrive in 10 minutes so it, that's how you get to your missions. Yeah. Uh, it would also then give you... Like, you really did plot this out. Oh, yeah. I plotted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right I got maps and shit. <laughs> that's a half page of there, written stuff. I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm going to go through some of it. I'll take your time. So you, you get, you've um, got it to go through it. It would then also, all the people that work in the park would be members of the world. And you would get on your phone assassin hits. And you would have to take a little light gun and shoot the members in the park. 
with a light gun to score points. Oh, but that's if you fun. do it in the open, because there are also cops running around, if they see you, you get minus points because you got caught by the police. <laughs> and there's secret oh stations gosh. and you can you can climb up in the bell tower and there's like a bolted in light gun with a sniper rifle and you can shoot things from there. Then you get on the roller coasters and it's like the jet fighter. So you have an oh, actual cool. handlebar in front of you. Or the car the, chase. Yeah. Like the, the Aston Martin. Chase, you have that. Oh, and nice. the points that you get you can use to spend on upgrades like those cool little devices you would get. <laughs> so when you go on the car chase, you can have missiles and you have like a little screen in front of you and you can shoot missiles Kenny, I would things. officially and go to this new park. I, I think it would be fantastic. And I already know how I would cosplay at that park. I would simply put a barcode on the back of oh, my head yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm in. So that was my idea to do a cool like spy-themed James Bond. I love it. That's fantastic. I I don't have a way to top that. but Dinosaurs. Big real life dinosaurs. Life uh, finds a way. You'd have to to spare no no expense. expense. Uh, Yeah, seriously. I mean, for me, I was going to say what I would love to see is I would love to see, I know there's a ride out there of it, but I would love to see a full version of like the citadel from oh, um like mass you know effect. mass effect oh my god where you yeah, have like people just kind of like galaxy's edge but everybody in full like alien garb and stuff like that the entire time i want but that you could have like you know kind of these big things that happen like maybe like giant animatronics come down of like the reapers and stuff like that um and just all of this kind of just make this this really huge experience constantly. That'd be amazing. But like, you know, being able to do like have a ride for the Normandy or like even like the Mako and stuff like that. Just even though everybody would be like, oh, the Mako ride sucks. No. The Mako ride does <laughs> suck. I don't, I don't know if this would be a full theme park, but an experience. What about like an, and I'm, I'm saying it because I'm seeing it, but what about like a, a Fireball Island that experience? Would- I mean, I would do a whole bunch of stuff with that. I would yeah. make it Monkey Island and Fireball Island. So. Yeah. Oh, Are you saying precious. that you can run up mountains and actually push over large, like styrofoam yeah. boulders and try it, and it would be like styro- that it, it would be like the like aggro so crag from Guts <laughs> and like Legends of the Hidden oh Temple yeah. all sandwiched together. That'd be awesome. You're like I said, more of an experience in a pocket. Park. You run past someone else and you grab the crown <laughs> yeah. out of their hand and just keep running. Or they're attached to them, kind of like flags, like the zombie right. run. That so, makes sense. I couldn't top that part. <laughs> I think I can. I'm going to start us off on the worst idea for a theme park because I thought of this earlier today and I was just very happy with this idea. <laughs> so I, I will kick this off. So never ending story, the land. So you would the entrance. So everybody dies in the yeah. end? So it's just, just the swamp of sorrow. It's the only part so of it. You, when, you, when you enter the park, you fall down into a dumpster. And then walk out because that's, of course, how everything starts. And then you're just in a bookstore that an old guy just yells at you for about 20 minutes straight. And that is how you get your tickets to enter the park. The first thing that you do when you go through all of this is you have to do like kind of like a test of strength and wills. And that is, again, trying to take Artex out of the Swamp of Sadness. But everyone will always fail. So it is just you watch the horse fall down and then the next person goes up and it just kind of rises up again and then it just keeps continually Um, dying. I would just be weeping copiously the entire time. Uh, Then you go to the Southern Oracle and and it's basically, you know. You try not to get shot by the laser beam You try not to get shot because you have to believe in yourself. You can't have any fear in your heart. Somebody there will constantly always make you doubt yourself (laughs) every time. Then you just look at a mirror for about 40 minutes in the freezing cold, 
just to the point where you just feel bad about yourself, and then you just walk through the dark for a while. But, and but, just the, hear the but the highlight wait. of the park is when you get to sit up in an attic and read a book for eight hours. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. By yourself. Wait a minute, and the very end, but before you leave, you have to highlight. open the window and scream some name that nobody can understand no, out that, into the rain. Because that saves everybody at the end. Oh. In this, there's Nobody's only saved. darkness and nothing. Uh. <laughs> it is just, It ends in darkness and nothing. But do you get to chase bullies down an alleyway while riding a luck dragon? No, because that's a positive end. Oh. So. Every single ride in the park only goes for about one third of the ride and then stops and they go, sorry, the nothing. Yeah. That's all. Oh. <laughs> It's like, sorry, this attraction is closed today. It no longer exists. And it's just a picture of the wolf face, and that's it. Like a mark. I think you also have, like, you add, I have to talk about future plan uh, expansions, and you just have a giant turtle sneeze on you at one point. And that's about it. (laughs) It's just damp, and you feel uncomfortable. It's just moist. So, a Ready Player One theme park. But you walk in, and you're immediately greeted by the stacks, which you have to climb up to your house. And then you put on your shitty Oasis rig. And then after for playing in the Oasis for about a half an hour to an hour, which you think is so cool, IOI comes and says, we're taking you to, um, shoot, uh, what was it? To the concentration center? The collection yeah. collection center. Yeah, you're then forced into a collection center. And then you spend the rest of the day, another eight hours, working in the collection center See, for See, that's IOI. no fun, because I actually had the Oasis as being a positive park. Like, the, that, like a, an interactive experience. Oh, we like, worst idea. This is, <laughs> I know. This, this, you ruined it, it now. Wasn't, it wasn't the Oasis park. It was the Ready Player One oh, park. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got, Got it. it. Um, so if I had to pick... What my worst one would be for me. <laughs> Any theme park that already exists. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> no, the worst theme park would be a Nick Cage themed theme park, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that would make me vomit uncontrollably. Every attraction is just watching a movie. If I had to hear <laughs> his fucking voice, it would be so painful. I would just, hate it so much. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. No. We're going to burn this theme park <laughs> down. You have the Con Air ride. Like, you can no. have the, the, the plane ride crashing into the Vegas Hotel. You can escape <laughs> Alcatraz yeah. with Sean Connery. set it on fire so no one ever has to was. suffer through that again. It's really just raising Arizona, the theme park. <laughs> 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 but I love him so much. <laughs> Um, okay, so if I had to pick my, like, the worst theme park experience, it would probably be, uh, like, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the oh theme park. Gosh. It's basically just a bad acid trip the Horrible entire movie. time, where you almost have to electrocute a guy in a bathtub with a toaster and a, while playing the White Rabbit. Um, oh, my God. And you just, you're just... It's just visually weird. There's too much. There's too much VR. Everything is VR, and you're just stone. Like you literally, they hand you an acid tab when you walk through the gate, and it's everything is VR, and it's just weird the whole time. And there are bats, fucking bats everywhere. Oh my god, that sounds horrifying. As much as I love this show, Lost the theme park. <laughs> Because the whole time you're there, I'm not gonna go with you on that one. The whole time the you're there, the smoke monster. You're, I don't get it. You're just wondering what the hell is going on, and that's it. I've been in a bunker for seven hours and I didn't have fun at all. I went on this ride and all it made me do was push a button every 108 minutes. Oh my god! You guys 
have outshined me. Because <laughs> I actually picked something that I was like, hey, this could be a theme park. And then I thought about what would it actually be if it was a theme park? And that's Sherlock themed. And I'm going, that would be horrible. A lot of cocaine? Because, no, you're not Opium. Sherlock. You're just in his world. So you would show up to like ride a ride, but in order to ride the ride, you would have to solve the mystery in the room. So you'd be in there for an hour and have no clue what happened. <laughs> a guy would come in and go, didn't you notice this small mark behind the candlestick? Sorry, you're an idiot. You don't get to ride this ride. And you would just get kicked out. So it would just be it would be an entire day of having someone come in, berate you for being stupid and never getting anything accomplished. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Wonderful. <laughs> Before I forget, because there's a really small story, um, I do have a friend that has been banned permanently from Disney. <gasps> I almost forgot about this. So it was an old old cast member from Rocky R. I'm not gonna name names because they've never okay, been okay. on these shows. But she was fluent in Russian. Yeah. And her and a couple of her friends thought it would be a really fun to go to Disney World and kind of put a whole thing on for the day and kind of go in character. So she constantly kept speaking in Russian and she had two of her large male friends with her that had earpieces, sunglasses, and were wearing three-piece suits on Oh, my God. (laughs) So they kept walking around and pushed people out of the way, things like that, and like, excuse me. Please get it out of the way. This is a very important person, so on and so forth. And then she would like lean over, say something snide in Russian to them, and you know, would continue on. And this went on throughout the day. <laughs> that is not what got her kicked out. <laughs> that got her kicked right. out. It also turned out that she ended up shoplifting that day. So as much oh. as chaos as much chaos as they, they did, the Disney people thought it was slightly funny. They said they were ready to boot her out about three hours into the day after several complaints of a very rude Russian dignitary walking around Disney that they were not aware of. But when they caught her stealing, it was like a keychain or something like that. That was what led her to be banned permanently. I think it's now since oh been been lifted That's about amazing. 20, 20 years later. Story. But yeah. Oh so... So you can have fun. Just don't steal a keychain. Yeah. Don't steal yeah. a key Do not shoplift. So instead of doing a Mary Fuck Kill or an Own Ride Destroy, because I was having a really hard time coming up with kind of things, I decided I was going to come up with a weird little quiz for everybody because I have way too much useless knowledge about theme parks. You do. So I figured <laughs> I'd throw these out to everybody um, and just kind of kick it out. Um, they're going to be multiple choice. So and there's a couple that are true or false. But what we can just do is I'll get everybody's answers and I'll let you know the actual. So you can, I'll just go straight around the room. So, and just don't feel like you need to confer. Just give me your thoughts. So currently, so when the Magic Kingdom opened back on October 1st, 1971, how much was admission for the park? Uh, Currently, the current cost goes between $114 to $159 for a one day, one park admission. So your options are A, $28, B, $35, C, $4.50, or D, $42. Kenny? $28, Bob. <laughs> uh, I'll say B, 35 Jada? I'm going to go with 28 Cat? I'm going to go with A. 
Okay, 28. 28. Okay. Correct answer is four dollars and cents. You can't even buy a soda there for four dollars and fifty cents anymore. Back in nineteen seventy one, Bill actually mentioned this earlier tonight that to buy the tickets as well. Well, here's the thing. Four dollars and fifty cents also got you seven tickets to ride. So as there was classes A through E. To ride an additional e-ticket attraction only cost an additional 90 cents for an A-ticket attraction was 10 cents in addition. And that was in 1971. It wasn't until 1982 that they got away with charging that. But $28 was the cost of a one-day ticket in 1989. A 35, the $35 was in 1983 for a three-day pass that included Magic Kingdom and Epcot Park hopping. And $42 was a one-day ticket in 1999. It has jumped up that much. Wow. So when I went back in 98, it was like a quarter less expensive. A quarter of the the price. Now it makes more sense how my family could take my family to Disney World. Because back then, like if you went as a kid ever, and you're like, how did my family afford this? And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, I get that. For what it costs now, you could have taken a family of four. Back yeah. in 10, like so, 20 years ago. Yeah. For one person. Yeah. For one person. It's crazy. So the next one here, when Universal Studios Florida opened back in uh, June 7th, 1990, they had a day filled with technical difficulties. Which of these attractions was the only ride that did not break down on opening day? And these were all their e-ticket attractions, mind you. Okay. Jaws, Confrontation, which was a King Kong ride, E.T., or Earthquake. Kenny. I'm going to go with E.T. because he's magical. Uh, confrontation. Jim. Jaws. I'm going to go with Jaws because it's Rob. <laughs> uh, I think it was Confrontation. It was E.T. Oh, <gasps> confrontation snap. and Earthquake started working the next day. Jaws only worked intermittently for one year before the ride was fully ripped apart and had to be rebuilt from I, scratch. I knew that it wasn't Jaws, and, and Rob knew that Jaws it, knows did not that I know it wasn't back Jaws. up until 1993. There's a documentary on that. Oh, is me. this when the uh, people from Mallrats were going to get engaged on that ride, That was too? actually at the train tour. That was in Hollywood. When Jaws <laughs> popped out of the water. That's so romantic. <laughs> so true or false, there is a bullet hole in the, gla- uh, in the glass and the wall of a ballroom scene in the Haunted Mansion. Kenny. Sure, why not? Let's go with true. I'll go with true. False. True. False. It is actually True. And right. it's not a prop. In 1974, a man shot a, a shot a gun inside the attraction, permanently damaging the glass that helps project the dancing ghosts in the ballroom. Uh, it was never repaired due to the only way that they could take the piece of plate glass out would be to fully remove the roof of the building that that scene is housed in. Uh, to this day, that bullet is still there in Disneyland that you can see. The, the hole is still in the wall and the glass. The only reason people don't see it is the spider web cracking in the glass is actually covered by a spider web. Oh. <laughs> uh, but see, kids permanently damaging things at a at a park can make you famous. So and get um, you kicked out forever. But if you do no, want to see only it, stealing keychains, right as you leave the ballroom, though, right before you go into Madame Leota's room, which is the the head in the glass ball, and and this is bear in mind Disneyland, we're not Disney World. So ah, um, uh, okay, that was gonna um, say. Uh, so it, it is the last pane of glass right before you exit the room. So if you see that, if you're ever in California. so uh, True or false? Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland was hollow and home to over 100 feral cats. False. They would have eaten all the cats, the Disney employees. Uh, I'll, I'll say true. True. 
I'm going to say true because I really want it to be true. True. <laughs> it is actually true. Yay! In 19, in, shortly after 1955, <laughs> uh, the Sleeping Beauty Castle, they were like, we should build and put an attraction in there. When they went in there, they found over 100 cats that were living inside the castle. Aww. They were f- living and eating the actual discarded food and rodents. What's interesting is those all of they still have cats roam Disneyland today that are fully feral. Disney actually pays to have them spayed and neutered. In addition to, they take care of any medical bills and they keep them there to help keep any kind of potential rodents under control. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's there's really cool. actually a website you can check out that's called the Cats of Disneyland. So, Are but, they like yeah. the Aristocats? Do they like play jazz music and stuff? Because <laughs> so, I want them to be in my head. If, if they have them all spayed and neutered, does that mean they then bring in new cats? They actually go out and buy new cats? Um, uh, they said it's just in Anaheim. They'll just randomly come in. They find their way into the park and they let yeah. them stay. So. There's probably just like a feral cat underground railroad that's like, yo, you want to get into Disney? <laughs> this way. And they like. <laughs> so this is kind of double one. Cat already knows this answer, but. Um, she can answer first. So <laughs> there is a longstanding thought that no one has ever been declared dead with inside Disney Park. Is this true or false? I could see that being true. Uh, me too. I mean, I'd say true. true. It's false. It's true. What? No, it's false. It is false. It has been a thought for a long point point in time that that was the case. It was an urban legend started in the mid-80s that a lot of people still think is true up until today. Um, So I thought it was true as well. It's an interesting urban legend that they don't want to declare anybody dead while they're on Disney property and that emergency responders will continue CPR until they are off Disney property. But that's just that's actually also been debunked. Yeah. Uh, so people have very much been declared dead on Disney property, yep. which leads us to our final question, which theme park experienced the most deaths. So going from, it's just, I'm giving you three, uh, three to choose from. So action park, six flags, great adventure or Disney world. Action park had a lot of injuries and they had some deaths, but they weren't around for a long time. So I'm going to go with uh, Six Flags. Okay. I was actually going the same route. I, Six Flags has been around a lot longer. I know Action Park had its share of problems, but I'd say Six Flags. Action Park. I will also go with Action Park because I'm learning things. <laughs> I'm going to go with just the numbers game here and say Disney World. Okay. So the correct answer. So Action Park was at the low end of this. was only oh. six. Action Park actually is opened again. It's under a different name, but it is Action and Park. And a lot has- more safety restrictions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Only six deaths were ever recorded. And this is up from the creation of the park to, I think they said, this the final uh, add-ins in this statistic was 2015. Yeah. Um, and this is anything that's ever been reported. Disney World with eight deaths. Six Flags Great Adventure, 10 deaths, which also ties Disneyland, hmm. is the oh. most deaths in a theme park. Kenny and I were right. Got it. Great Adventure, the the only reason that uh, is in the top out on that is six people died in uh, a fire in a, in a ride uh, ride showroom um, at one point from a somebody, a teenager putting out a cigarette and it caught the ride Holy on fire. Oh. That's why I'm glad that Disney's a non-smoking theme park now. Well, I think a lot of them are now, too. Yeah. This whole thing about, like, not being able to be declared dead on Disney property, like, I, that ruins my plan now. Because I was just going to go decapitate someone in the park, 
and then be like, it wasn't me. I was in the park all day. Where were they killed? Oh, outside in the parking lot? Obviously, I couldn't have done it. Things not to do in theme parks. <laughs> Tip 107. <laughs> so, all right. So that wraps it up for this episode. Um, if anybody wants to kick around, say what they're, what's going on. Kenny, anything special in your world? I, I like eating ice cream. Aww. Ben. Um, short wrong. version. Yeah, <laughs> short version. Uh, you and I are continuing on with the DC Primetime podcast, which I think we're going to be wrapping up relatively soon, before the end of the year. About six months? Yep, before the end of the year. Less than six months? Uh, <laughs> I have two more interviews booked for my Spotlight podcast, one of them being uh, Keith David, who is an actor many people at this table probably know. I uh, don't. Yes, you do. No, oh. do I? Have you seen Community? Yes. Then you know him. Oh. He was he joined later after um, okay. Chevy Chase and Donald Glover. You was he also, Starburns? Oh, no, he's not no. Starburns. You <laughs> also you would also about. remember him. He was the head of the medical company in Future Man that was trying to cure. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, so I, I do know. Who I he will is. be talking to Keith David on That's the spotlight awesome. sometime in the next two weeks. So I'm he's also about in that. a lot more important things than just Future Man. John, yes, Car- John Carpenter's the, the thing. Yeah, he's he's, in he's a done lot. a lot. Yes. Keith David is amazing, an amazing voiceover person. Yes, so. I'm looking forward to that interview. It should be fun. Sweet. Jada. Um, so, uh, along with being your average mild-mannered mother of three, I am teaching dance fitness. I teach Bombay Jam uh, at the Bradywine YMCA here in the you know lower Philadelphia area. And I've also had the opportunity to sub at the Vibe Vault Studio for Bhavna. So that's been a lot of fun. And I'm Yay. sort of getting my side hustle going. So check out my classes if you're ever in the area, Sundays at 1130 or Tuesdays at 715 at the Brandywine Y. Cat. Um, I got books. So, uh, <laughs> mad, mad books, yo? <laughs> mad books. Uh, yeah, I just came off of like a bunch of releases so with books titled as such <laughs> hunting for spring is back out that that philadelphia coven chronicle series is getting re-released um so the first book is back and um taking root the start of a new series just came out and that's a contemporary romance series based off of uh, greek mythology retellings and you just celebrated your 20th book releasing too. I did, yeah. And then um, in October, the final Tribal Spirits book is coming out. Very cool. And that's up for pre-order? Yep. What's yes. the name of the book? It is Forged Redemption. Yeah, you did the thing. Bill. I'm going to keep putting this out there in hopes that it'll happen someday, um, that I want to stream video games online. <laughs> uh, I'm slowly upgrading my computer bit by 13 bit. 13 months later. And as long... <laughs> One day... As long as my addiction to cardboard crack doesn't interfere with it. Um, AKA Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, yeah. I realized the other day that I've bought a box of every set that's come out since I've got back into Magic almost a year ago. Um, it really gets in the way of things. But yeah, no, my, my computer rig's coming along and I got to really test out and see what I can do in terms of streaming. Very you should cool. switch to Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, God, no. <laughs> Um, as for me, uh, as Ben mentioned before, um, again, this show in addition to DC Primetime, but also a brand new show that we're going to be launching in August. I left it to you to talk about. Uh, called Still Afraid of the Dark, where we are doing a eight-part yep. series uh, where we are going to be talking about classic family Halloween specials and movies and such. I think our very first episode is going to be based on the book series Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark including the brand new movie. So we're going to be doing something old, something new, 
Um, something borrowed and something blue? We, we thought know, about we, it. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what's going to be borrowed, but instead of blue, uh, it's going to be booze. We're also going to be um, making cocktails for yes. each of these. Ooh. Every episode is a new cocktail. Monster cocktails. I yes. love this idea. So, uh, we're going to do a video series, I think, for the, how to make the cocktails. But as we talk the episodes, we're actually going to be drinking them. Yep. But the shorter episodes, I think only about an hour long. Oh, we're going to... Praise his tribute. We're going br- to bring in guests. So. We're going to be bringing in guests for each episode. But, but I think... We're going to do like a Goosebumps episode. Uh, we're going to be doing, I think, uh, right now, I think our... Hocus Pocus. Uh, like Adam yeah. Stanley too, right? Adam Stanley is how it. we're ending it. Yeah. We're going to end with a brand new Adam Stanley movie, uh, which is the new animated one mm-hmm. uh, with nice. they're doing with Oscar Isaacs as Gomez. Yep. Um, but I'm yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot we, of fun. We've got our full roster broken down. I'm starting to work on the drinks already. Um, names we'll, of the drinks we'll be and all that stuff. We'll recording. I start recording the next couple weeks. Uh, Scary Stories Telling Dark comes out August 9th in theaters, and we'll be recording really shortly after yep. that. So, uh, but that'll be coming out probably like mid-August, and start. And that is a preview episode, and then it's going to start rolling out September through October. Yep. So, uh, but that's about it. Um, until next time, though, we'll see you guys all around the bend. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.